0: Lat-B, where MMA and UFC get silly. This is the Lat-B Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 242 two here at Lat-B. You're going to be here with me, E, Ori Emanuel, and Cheney. Chaney, please let us know what we're going to get into today. Because it's going to be a good one.
1: First, we are going to recap UFC 244 and find out who the baddest motherfucker is. And if you don't know, you are living under a rock and I'm glad you're finally with us. Uh, Then we're going to chat a little bit about the Fight Pick Championships. Ooh! Which... um... Eat, I am um, eating my words a little bit. <laughs> yeah, can, like,
0: take a lick it and keep on sticking. What's right, well,
1: up? I well, I should have. We'll get into it. Later. <laughs> uh, then we'll talk about Twitterverse and MMA gossip. And finally, while you are all here, we are going to give you our fight picks and prediction for UFC Moscow Zabi versus Qatar.
0: Breakdown! That's going to be a hell of a, a breakdown, but you know, we always got to get through this. The pay-per-view was over the weekend. We were in New York, New York. We told you guys to watch out about that commission. We specifically said, it's a bit of a shitty commission. There's weird stuff. And, oh, boy, did it come to fruition. 244 stack pay-per-view. It was exciting, but there was controversy. The night started out with Julio Arce coming in against...
1: Before th- that we oh, got into there, so the weigh-in. The
0: Sorry, I am jumping yeah. the gun a little bit too much. We had weigh-ins. We had the whole weed debacle with Nate Diaz. He ended up coming through, but then we ended up having... Till- weed debacle. We, we, he popped for uh, Tainted Supplement. That got cleared the week before. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then we had Till breaking late, breaking on our last episode that his visa was having issues. He was missing open workouts. He ended up getting those issues Figured out because guess what? Hey, hey, Mr. President ended up pulling a couple little strings in there and got that paperwork done. He got Till there on time. People were worried about the weight. What do you feel about these political figures playing with our sport the way they are?
1: uh we got to see Tilverse Gastelum. Me likey, Mr. President. You just made welterweight great again. Is it welterweight is welterweight the one eighty five? I don't think it is. That's the one seventy No, that's one seventy. Yeah. This, what is it? What's one eighty five? Middleweight. Middleweight made middleweight great again. That's Maga. <laughs> that's ma- that's mama <laughs> <laughs> calm down just kidding everyone. So, but definitely. I'm glad it happened and um, I saw Till on an interview and he's like oh I'm so humbled I'm so humbled the president Help me <laughs> I'm back I'm back
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Till ended up making weight looking all sorts of muscled up at the weigh-ins actually we had Jennifer Maya who will touch on missed weight again habitually and Calvin Gastelum pulling out a little bit of elbow room, moving an elbow all the way around. Me, like, it was unreal if you didn't see this. You're living under a rock. Gastelum using the DC trick but keeping his hands off of the towel, using a little lean-on-me coach action here. Two pounds underweight with the seconds to go before the weigh-in shuts down.
1: Seconds to go. And you, I tweeted out, like, some BS about Kelvin needs to get, you know, back in gear and get back to 170 and i've just watched uh you know i've had a twitter war go on on my page not just with me but other people and stuff and uh somebody reposted i wish i had it in front of me a picture of him back at like ufc 183 at 170 when he had like a perfect weigh-in and how bodied up he was oh my god
0: Murderer. yeah but hey you gotta let go of those tacos and tamales if you're gonna be doing that and kg can't do that you know, yeah. he plays with that bear height. He plays with that bear height. Woo! Yeah. So, Kelvin definitely has growing to do. He's still only 27 years
1: old. He's a baby still. He's
0: still absolutely young man. But he's using old school dog tricks in here. This elbow getting crafty. <laughs> DC approved. Yeah.
1: That's almost better than DC's obvious towel. Well, it, it's got it the same yeah.
0: level. Because he's like, hey, look at my hands. Look at my hands. I'm not touching the towel. Old elbow on the chest. It's,
1: it was um magic. He was like the hands, pay attention to the hands. Nothing up my sleeve, nothing <laughs> yeah. up my sleeve. Why would he get
0: naked with a towel if he was gonna be two pounds underweight?
1: It doesn't even make sense. No sense. And he has at all. no sweat on him. So it wasn't even like he was back trying to burn it. He so has like zero the, sweat. Look how dry his hair is. The
0: interesting is. thing though that Till said even though uh this whole incident went down was that he didn't blame Kelvin because he's like yeah, if I didn't know I was getting a visa, I would have been eating too. I would have been eating everything I could too. Oh, that's
1: kind of fair. And it's a that great point. That is so kind of fair. The fight a- almost got cancelled, but if it were anyone but Kelvin Gastelum, I would let it go. But Kelvin habitual. is habitual.
0: Habitual, which we just actually had jumping in a bit of Twitter for stuff. 13 fighters get dropped. Manny Bermudez being one of them. Another habitual weight misser. Kind
1: of glad about that. I agree. I'm okay with that. You can't show up for two different weight classes and this keeps happening to you. And then to miss weight and still lose, which is kind of the Gastelum too. I almost think it's karma. Especially it goes down to the decision like that. Like, yeek. That's the point you lose. That's the extra. If it was on the fence about being a split decision, maybe that's the emotional pullback of, well, you missed weight. So, I don't know.
0: But interesting. Ten fighters, let so, go. Again, it was an interesting way in. The commission coming in afterwards, retroactively saying, hey, you're going to owe there until X amount of money because you did end it up sp- but. It's really the commission's fault. If you didn't catch him in the act, you can't come back and be like, hey, 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 we looked at tape and you you pulled one over on us. You can't do that. And it's like, no, suckers, you guys had the two hours. You didn't figure it out. He got one on you. Suck it up don't be a bunch of babies, and they I, still Yeah, work. I
1: feel about it on most calls. Like, after the fact, if you make it through, you just made it through. It's the same. If you got away with an you eye poke a fight, if you got away with a dick kick, but sometimes you might get a point from that dick kick. Like, that's where it's, I think after the fact it's a little too late, and uh, but it does suck. It totally sucks. What you do
0: is you make sure your commission understands what weigh-ins are next time, and you learn a freaking lesson. You understand. You, know. you don't be a bunch of jackoffs in there, and just don't know, understand what's happening. This is their job, is to make weight and find ways around stuff. It's your job to make sure everyone's there. That's why you get paid, to make sure everyone follows the rules and you don't know the damn rules. Unbelievable. So, what a way to start off the pay-per-view. Then we end up going 24 hours later. We ended up starting off the entire night with Akim Duwadu coming in over Julio Arce. I switched my pick. After weigh-ins, I thought RC was gonna come in and do what he needed to in there. It was 30, 27, 29, 28. Duadu, he just landed more strikes, was able to keep it where he wanted to. Duadu's biggest uh, attribute I saw with this fight was afterwards, he was meaner than he was in the entire fight. He never pulled the trigger the entire fight, and then he interviews with Joe Rogan and is super butt hurt, and it's like, whoa. You could have uh, pulled the trigger in there a little bit more. Uh, Who the RSA is in a walkthrough at all whatsoever. So I still like both guys going forward, but I didn't like how me me and Akeem's like, I don't want to be the opener anymore. I'm one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year. Maybe of of all time.
1: Maybe of all time. Like, how dare you? I'd
0: be like, yeah,
1: I'm okay with that. I totally agree. I I also, I don't think either guy is a walkthrough fight. I like both of where they're going, but neither is ever going to make a title run of what I'm looking at. They're kind of stunted. Like, these are the fights I feel like both of them will be having.
0: Top teners, potentially, but that'll be about it.
1: And Akeem, you cannot tell me you're bigger than any other names on this card.
0: Maybe Jennifer Maya.
1: Oh, yeah, that could have been deal. the only <laughs> reason they did that, though, is like, I think you said it last episode, if they're going to need to build a contender for the bullet, they can't have him be the first fight of the night and be right. like, she will not in the first fight of the night to right. the main event. Well, it's kind of silly.
0: And Chukagian's the number one ranked. So it's like Ch- she Ch- can't. Ch- yeah, can't. Yeah. So either way, we'll get there. But definitely guys to keep an eye on. Then we went to 170 pounds where most of the betting community, as I saw it, came in on rem counters. The betting line stayed on Lyman Good side. On DraftKings, I ended up actually having a little more exposure to good because I thought he would be able to get the knockdown. I wish I'd put it on my tap and my actual straight-up card, but uh, he played out as far as DraftKings hedged my bets, but I still picked Ren Counter. Those takedowns didn't come in that first round, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, shit, this guy can't strike well at all, and those unbelievable shots just kept landing. I mean, Ren Counter tough as nails, but that third round... There could, it could have been called in a second round, thrown in the towel, and I feel that was a theme throughout the night, potentially. And round counter did not need to take the amount of damage he did. He wasn't coming back from that fight. I thought Good controlled it absolutely uh, everywhere.
1: Lyman, Good looked really good. Uh, I don't <laughs> want to get ahead of myself, though. Really, what this fight, it lets me kind of know what I think of Nardiev now. If Nardiev is going against somebody that just has a minimal wrestling game and any part of that part of his game gets stunted, he turns off. Maybe that ring IQ we see get better cuz his hands are coming around. Um, but Chance Rencounter it's it just Lyman Good not only did his cardio look better than it ever looked, but he had no problem stuffing the takedown. It, it not was, even close. It was but, no. Dude. I don't know if Good's gotten that much better or if uh Rencounter was just never that good. I tongue
0: twist I think Rencounter Counter might be on the lower end. The more I'm seeing the one dimensional, the real yeah. one dimension he is. It's like, all right, he might not go as far as I initially thought, but good did not pass that smell test. Jeff Novinsky was looking the other way when this guy was weighing in, cause good bodied up, unbelievable. I was like, that there's no way that guy's 170 pounds. Yeah. There's no fucking way. He's bigger than Joe Rogan. <laughs> like,
1: so we're kind of falling off our counter going forward, and Lyman Good's looking better.
0: Definitely looking better. He did pop, by the way, two years ago for something. So I'm just saying, he could be on that good you good. You think
1: it's uh, EPO? Like, this is the other thing uh, we didn't talk about. Um, Kemero Usman and Colby Covington had a press uh, conference press conference that also had Amanda Nunes and uh GDR. GDR, and who were the other two max holloway and volkanovsky yes and so for ufc 245 um did and did you hear code when anyone talks about why colby would win the fight everybody says oh well usman has no cardio and then usman's last fight everyone's like whoa it looks like he fixed his cardio and then in the press conference colby was all epo 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 sounds interesting
0: Interesting. if you look back in between the banter as well it was a fun press conference i we've been super excited about that in general so
1: it's I can't funny, wait for that. It's uh, funny because everyone was calling out Colby for herpes and because he, he had like a blemish of some sort on his face. And uh, Jorge Mospital actually had the same blemish in the opposite spot. Like if they kissed, it would be on that spot. Not to say that at all, but in the exact mirrored spot of Colby, the same blemish, but no one said shit about game bread. <laughs>
0: Any chance they can get, they're going to be trashing on my boy Kobe Covington. So, it's going to be... Wasn't that
1: more interesting than talking about Chukaggy and Maya?
0: <laughs> I We called it to a T. It yeah. was going to be... Maya missed weight. I don't give a damn. She says she's missed weight two or three times now at 125 and refuses to move up. They asked her, are you going to move up? She said, no, I'm not going to go up to 35. No,
1: I can't.
0: Well, guess what? You better get on out of here, girl, because... Bermuda's got out of here. You should. They should be like, all right, we can cut the weight there. So, Maya, if you can't make weight, you shouldn't be in there. Chukagian was punching the woman in front of her most of the fight. She still ended up landing more. But it was turned into that five-punch combination, only land one strike. Kiai, like crazy. Same. It's
1: deja vu right now to the last, what your breakdown was. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, Chukagian has to be the number one contender for Valentina right now because she is one, but... We'll see where that goes. I'm not too Both excited women to women aren't that. even
1: half of Valentina. You can almost predict a finish from here.
0: It's not something I'm excited for. or I'm like, oh, I can't wait to break that down. And I'm like, oh, guess what? Valentina wins. <laughs> May, probably by knockout. So throwing that out there, maybe not. Anything left with nope. those ones? No. Nope. Then we moved on to Jorginho Rosenstrup coming in and defeating Andre Arlovsky, TKO, round number one. I mean, Arlovsky's chin look has been looking good as of nine fights, but I don't know if it ever really gets better. Rosenstruik's just a next-level fighter, or a next-level striker. Comes in with tons of power. You can see it on all his opponents. His little shots hurt them, let alone his lined-up shots. Arlovsky could have had the ref step in once or twice beforehand, but he needed to see him fully down. We saw the Pitbull face planted into the mat there. Arlovsky still beats... Guys that are entering the UFC, he's a gatekeeper for the top 15, but he, again, he's never going to see those championship days at I all.
1: agree, but Rosenstruck not only is a scary man, I should have switched immediately. I think I even told you about it. Oh, my God, he's bodied up. Like he, any of the guys that come in, he looked more, he, his body looked better from his last fight than Derek Lewis's body looked from his last fight. And I should have immediately changed to Rosenstruck and uh, everything you said, I totally agree with about Arlovsky. And um, that was a perfect call because you had it KO round one. Uh, But also, did you see that he just took a fight?
0: With Alistair Overeem,
1: oh my that god, is
0: a fun one. But I feel like I can break that down as much as I broke down under It's The exact same, right? Well, yes. o- Overeem is by far a better striker. He can. He likes that intercepting knee to throw, and he but can also has jabs. Ch-
1: also chinnier.
0: But chinnier. so it takes less. And like I'm saying, Rosenstreu hits with his half-ass shots, let alone his full power. So I could see Overeem getting hurt, and then just. Uh, not waking up for a little while in there. So, definitely a fun heavyweight prospect where heavyweight's got some additions all of a sudden. And it's like,
1: okay, okay, this is getting fun. This I, getting I fun. think the UFC is doing a great job with uh, every division. Remember how dead the 185 used to be? And now it's like thick as thicker than a sticker. 170 is good. 50, I mean, all of them. Even one twenty five, even the woman's one twenty five, there's actually some names in there that are like buzzing about that you're kinda like, ooh, Macy Barber's dangerous. Oh, look uh or Cynthia Caviglio, uh her P V Z there's like I don't know. I I like all the divisions and Rosenstruok, I was dead wrong on just clean. I don't think he got hit one time.
0: <laughs> no, I no, it was all one sided traffic for sure for Rosenstruck in that fight. Then we move on to 185 pounds where Edmund, Edmove Met, Shabazian came in against Brad Tavares, the hunkiest of the hunks themselves. This was quick work as well. Ended up setting My boyfriend,
1: Shabazian. (laughs) Ended up setting a. One day our boyfriends are going to meet. Shabazian? No, Shabazian, Nardiev. Oh. That's the real. Or are they well, 170, 185? 170,
0: 185. Still
1: one day. They're both so, so I was going to say
0: they just did. They no, just did. <laughs>
1: I switched off Tavares. Good call. Yes, because I was. ended up
0: going Shabazian decision. He set up. Uh, It was that right first. He was throwing a one-two right. Hurt Tavares. And then he set it up with a left that was more gauging. And he hid that kick right over it. And Brad Tavares was out on his feet. Went down. Ate some hammer fists. But... There was no more. He almost he needed no more. at
1: his face. And right. The kick came right behind it. It was yep. kind of
0: great. He just blocked the view. That yeah. was not so smart. to punch. That was to actually block that line of sight. Beautiful setup there. Shabazian looking like the real deal in there. To didn't bars. he look
1: bigger than he's ever looked too? Like, yeah. We're watching Morphing him grow. Yeah, more filled out. But he
0: still didn't look muscular where I'm like, okay, no, now he's he, getting his man body. Yeah. Then he's going to put on muscle.
1: Yeah. And then he's going
0: to be a 205 ma- smashing machine.
1: Yeah, we're going to watch him go all the way up. He's so dangerous in the division. So. Speaking so of
0: the Smashing Machine, did you see uh, Winna Winna Chicken Dinner getting a little extra money in your pocket with The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, talking about being the Smashing Machine documentary oh movie instead of being a PR member, which I think UFC should put him on. Come on, UFC. Here's my... Do you smell
1: what The Rock is cooking? And then everybody's so excited. The audience... I got such a great announcement to make. Are you guys excited? (sighs) We're so excited. I'm going to be somebody that you guys barely care about. (laughs) And if you just got into the sport in the last 10 years, you have no fucking idea who this guy (laughs) is. I'm going to play the Smashing Machine Marker. And everyone's like... You heard. Is he, is
0: he fighting now? Like the people did not know. They're not hardcores like us who's been watching since the VHS. You have. Days. I
1: had to actually watch a Mark Kerr documentary since. Then.
0: Oh, you did watch it though. Yeah. Good. And how sad is it?
1: It's super sad. He's not a really bad guy. There's a lot he blames his wife for. They have a real weird codependent they relationship. They both like the party. They both like to party. They have a weird codependent relationship, and I thought that was odd. How much of the excuses, he just was like, it's her fault. Um, but she seemed like an asshole, too. They yeah. both seem kind of like assholes, like addicts.
0: The thing that does, he's just the juiciest man alive back in the Pride Days, Mark Herb. We'll look at the story.
1: I actually think The Rock is way bigger than him, though. Really?
0: I thought the yeah. other way I thought when the exact saying, other. Yeah,
1: when you were saying that uh The Rock needs the body up for it, I'm like, I feel like The Rock probably has like 30 pounds on him and really? more muscle.
0: I just remember him because I was watching him in my youth and just being like, that guy looks like a fucking juiced up monster. Like the Jeff Dominski wasn't even born back then. He was just like Wah! Unbelievable the amount of steroids Mark Kerr was. Oh, so yeah. Really interesting. And just
1: brutal fights. Like, I was yeah, watching there's all... There's no the-
0: happy ending, so I wonder where they go with the movie. It's not going to be like Foxcatcher.
1: <laughs> I do th- that happy ending. <laughs> but I do think it's so odd. I actually, it's like, in my opinion, it's the first time The Rock is ready to take on something that is... Uh, a real serious. acting hard thing where we might have to see the rock cry and lose his mind mad yeah. I think it's gonna be the most grimy realistic version of the rock we've ever seen. It's um, gonna be I'm I'm so excited yes, for it. I will totally take Whoop. it. What's the other hundred for? I
0: okay. cannot remember and we didn't label it. I'm oh, well, sure we'll have to go back and get get into it. On the it.
1: tape one of our fans if
0: you remember <laughs> so getting back to the pay-per-view we had Shane Burgos coming in as the biggest favorite of the night against Maquan Amir Khan, on DraftKings at least. He ended up getting it done in the third round. I ended up picking this one perfectly as well because, again, Amir Khan doesn't traditionally not had a gas tank. He still hasn't gotten it better. And this was one where the corner and the ref could have turned in the towel in that second round, third round, where Amir Khan was taking body shots and taking 15, 20 seconds to stand up. The ref should have said, hey, can you fight? Yes or no. Nope. You're stand up or you're out. If he doesn't stand up, fight's over. Like, you're not winning this fight and you're he, not in it.
1: Don't you think they maybe need desperately over at SPG a cardio person? Doesn't it seem to be a regular thing we see in everyone from this camp? They all I have would cardio think so. issues.
0: I would think so, but hey, those it's Instagram shots. It's a shame, too, because
1: I like a lot of what Aaron McConaughey has to offer. All the potential in the God world. damn, it really m- makes me upset. Um, he's just... He's talented, and I even feel like at 145, the way he looks in there, he might be able to go to 135, Uh, but it's not going to help his cardio. So for a guy that already has cardio problems, um, yeah, what a shame uh, for him. But, yeah, I had Burgos too.
0: Amir Khan's going to be able to finish a lot of up-and-comers, but when he gets deeper into the water, these chain Burgos-type level guys that are going to make a run for the title soon, uh, Amir Khan's just not there. He's a pretty face to fill a spot, but... I don't see title contender until he gets on that EPO. Something needs to start doing something because, again, habitually has been a gasser, and you could see it after that first round pretty dramatically. Then we ended up going to the headlining preliminary card fight of the night for the pay per view. We had Corey Anderson coming in over Johnny Walker, first round TKO. Corey Anderson, nobody had that. Absolutely nobody. If people had it, it was late third or decision because of the wrestling. Nobody thought it was going to be that right hand other than Corey Anderson. He said they watched it on tape. They knew he ate that right hand. Little controversial on the stoppage because Johnny Walker literally, it was a standing TKO, never went fully down, but was definitely dazed and confused in there. I think it was them hips, Corey Anderson dancing circles around him at the announcement of the fight yeah <laughs> the announcement like of the win. <laughs> exactly he was making sure those shapes, hips were moving but him then coming out full heel
1: yeah i was just gonna say that it really full made me heel. like i was so happy for him and then i didn't like him at all it was like yeah whatever cory and I then really that jbj
0: fun. call out that he did at that promotion event looks extra cringy and you're like oh Corey anderson Kind of a douchebag. And of course he's gonna be like, well no one knows, that's what you gotta do. I guess so. But you could just knock out Johnny Walker and people are like, okay. But the interesting thing in this as well is on top of that douchiness and healiness, he's like, hey, I just beat out Johnny Walker who hasn't beat out, beat any contender yet. John Jones or I quit. And everyone's like,
1: all right, later. See you later, Corey. No later. one will know.
0: Yeah, like you can't come off a of Johnny Walker, even though it's a knockout and good for you. You've never done that before, but that's not John Jones. Level. I like the
1: Dominic Reyes fight better so did, anyway. So did And Dana. Then Corey Anderson. Yes. Like if John Bones Jones, for all intents and purposes, it shouldn't be too hard of a fight. He should be healed up quick before fight week. of Corey Anderson can lay back and wait till. Fight week in summer next year, or, you know, early. When does that happen? They fly him out. Yeah. Something like that, but... I don't know. I understand what Corey Anderson's saying. He's on, like, a four-fight win streak. That was the most exciting of his fights, but it was just still against kind of an up-and-comer and Johnny Walker, and everyone's like, well, Johnny Walker was going to get the fight, and I'm like, no, I still would have said Dominic Reyes, in my opinion.
0: I agree with that. I agree with that. Walker still needs a couple other guys in there.
1: Oh, but I don't know how I feel about what Johnny Walker anymore. I did not, like, even when you pointed out the scar on his shoulder from the surgery, and I felt, like, immediately, like, he's going to lose this fight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, this one definitely uh, having all sorts of twists and turns in it. Anderson coming out and actually apologizing for his antics. Does that take it away? Because I had to look for the apology. I didn't come out and see it right away. But... I feel like most le casuals do not do what my the due diligence we do here and look that stuff up, so it kind of goes on deaf ears. And the- I
1: didn't know he apologized, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take the more casual side all day. Um, no, but uh, I didn't know at all. Yeah, like, look, at, he- I was still hating. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, again, ugh, it was bad. He was he was just definitely a little. Scoring in there uh, after such a big win. So, live and you learn. Corey Anderson, again, get a top five guy this next time around. Johnny Walker, throw him in against anyone. And we'll see where that goes. Then we opened up the pay-per-view with a humongous finish. One of the highlights of the year. We still have a couple pay-per-views left. But this one's going to be on the contenders for knockout of the year. Kevin Lee comes in defeating Gregor And it's also Gregor where a fight pick
1: championship started. Oh, sorry. For any of anyone who... We put everybody else's um, logos up here. So, Cloud9, Grampy back. Of course, Lap B. Uh, backlog, Ricky the, of MMA Marks. separately uh, of MMA Marks. <laughs> is that
0: Ricky Anderson himself? Oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay.
1: Fighting with myself, the big pink machine. Ray Alma Plata soup. Pure evil. But, of course, once again, let me say it again... And say it twice, and say it the third time. Lat b, lat b, lat b. All of a sudden, Michael Keaton's in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so then, I, that was the biggest. Cause already, I feel like this. My fight pick championships. I, if I had to pick a fighter of the night that my fight pick championships represented, I feel like it was Gregor Gillespie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It was a quick one in there. Highlight reel finish. Two minutes, 47 seconds into the fight. Both of these guys were scrapping, trading strikes on the inside. But it was more Gregor Gillespie boxing and Kevin Lee more using MMA and throwing up a kick. Second kick he threw out there. Caught Gregor with the left kick right on the jaw. And it was right into the fence. You're seeing the graphic now. Gillespie was night-night in there. It was brutal. That'll change your life. Especially being undefeated, as Gregor Gillespie is, uh, there was only there was only two, three people that picked Gillespie as far as the five big championships, or not Gillespie uh, Lee, Kevin Lee Lee, and uh, a lot of betters actually. Didn't have Lee as well, and he was a big 2-100 uh,
1: You know who did? I know everybody hates this. Brennan Schaub had Kevin Lee. He said the money was too good on him, and the size, size, size. If you watched weigh-ins, this was my t- big, huge tug, which I'm just starting to feel now. If there's too much of a size discrepancy, it is always going toward the bigger guy. Always, always, always. And their size discrepancy looked a weight class different. I find, I think this is the right camp. I think TriStar, it's almost like Kevin Lee is what TriStar needed more than, maybe both. TriStar, he needed the discipline of TriStar and having that family again after his coach's death. But I think they needed a superstar, which for all intents and purposes is so similar to a GSP.
0: Kevin Lee has been on those co-headlining events, being the second half of it as well. He can bring Drama to a fight he can sell pay-per-views but he's still a rough stone he's still smoothing out his edges and we're seeing his ability in there when he does put it together so Kevin Lee's always been a high-level MMA fighter and he definitely put it out there today Gillespie's still gonna get back on board hopefully there's a ton of other people he can beat in there but he wasn't a finished product by any means whatsoever so gotta take a step back sometimes and be like hey that UFC-level main event fights do add up. Well, that's the reason we like some of these veterans sometimes because we're like, they've been there. They know what a pay-per-view card feels like. It's not a big deal. So
1: I actually well, thought Gregor was winning the fight until he wasn't. I thought he was winning the entire thing up until then. I would have given him the fight up until that moment that he wasn't winning. So I mean, I'm actually nervous about Kevin Lee. I thought he was you know, hurt a few times. Like Even though that was such a beautiful knockout, I'm not going to be as high. I I... I I still have to see where he goes from here there's a lot of guys like it was a quick does he get through al again if you have even though i actually think the size he's grown so much i actually think he might have that size on al now where they wouldn't look the same size i think he'd look bigger i don't know
0: i'm still going to be watching both guys lee's still high high level enchelon gillespie still not breaking that top 15. Then we end up moving to one of the most controversial fights of the night. We had Derek Lewis with his big old sweaty balls in there coming in against Blagoje, Ivanov, three-round decision. This was as dirty of a split as it gets in there. Derek Lewis coming out himself and saying, I thought I lost that fight.
1: Um, this has kind of upset me a little because I would have had 25 points. I called this perfect. It was Ivanov uh, or Blagoy by decision, and that's exactly what I had. He won that fight. I Not only did he win it by me watching it, I looked up the fight metrics afterwards, and he had more strikes in every single round and three takedowns to one. I just don't get it. So the only thing they gave to Derek Lewis was significant strikes. They called every single one of 37 of his strikes significant. So
0: 100% significant strikes. It's bullshit. Garbage.
1: bullshit. I just hate that metric. Significant strike doesn't mean shit. Like a knockdown means something. A takedown means something. But otherwise, you're just pointing it up. I don't like that significant strike. If you want to do ring aggression or ring control, cool. But that is not a, a significant. Who's deciding?
0: What if it were strikes landed, strikes thrown, so that way you can see how many you threw. But then it's regardless of significance.
1: I think they wanted Derek Lewis to win that fight. Oh, well, they, obviously like the UFC in obviously America, obviously wants him to win it. I just think even anywhere, sure. he's a big star for the UFC. And also, this is the dumb part for me personally, where I'm like, I knew better. Instead of just calling New York a sketchy commission from now on it's going to be a sketchy boxing commission And so when you're looking at it like all of a sudden the takedowns don't matter at all to them So you have to take those off. They're not really looking at leg kicks all that heavily So now ring aggression and significant strikes are their two metrics that they're going on the most so I just for me personally Once it went to a split I should have known that he lost but I was so pissed it was a robbery it was a robbery.
0: I was on the Derrick Lewis side. I thought he was going to get a KO in there. I was surprised. I thought he lost that fight as well. I usually like even off in there, but something in my gut told me to go with Derrick Lewis. But hey, there's someone that case-to-case basis that you're going to have to be, even though he looked better than he ever has, as we were saying before, he looked in better shape. He had cheekbones. He was definitely more he muscular. Took killer body
1: shots and just ate him, which old Derek. He did get hurt. He, he did yeah. get like a few times.
0: But he looked better than he ever has. Yeah. But still, I'm gonna be tentative And Blagojev as an underdog still in the division. I'm gonna. There's money to be made on even off. They're gonna put him against other big hitters, and if Derek Lewis ain't knocking you out with the shots, he some of them he did land is gonna be able to grind out some other of these guys. I
1: want Derek Lewis uh, versus Greg Hardy. Everybody wants that. Everybody I, wants that's that. That's the fight I want. After, you're not the only one. That's the fight I want. Sure. That's the next fight I want for Derek Lewis. There's nothing else I want to see him do. I don't want to see him fight uh, Nagano again. I don't. There's nothing else that I want to see Derek Lewis do except wait for Greg Hardy. I
0: yeah. agree. I can't wait for that one. But
1: and aren't they both Texas guys? That's a Texas main event right there. There. Like, that's some extra work, UFC. Maybe everyone wanted the fight, but put it in Texas. I think it wasn't Greg Hardy a Dallas Cowboy.
0: I believe he was. I don't
1: know. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. That's a freebie. Moving
0: on to 170 pounds, we had Steven Thompson come in against Vincente Luque. Three-round decision. I switched on the show over to Vincente. You changed my mind. Then I watched weigh and was like hearing that vincente specifically was saying he wanted to try to win a point fight against thompson and that's the exact same the exact thing i said he couldn't do so as soon as i heard that i went decision thompson i'm glad i switched it this was a whole 25 on the fight pick championship this was a heavy hitter for me but uh luke i mean showing his toughness in there Steven thompson breaking both hands both hands on Luke's face Luke getting dropped in there Couple times.
1: Yeah, his knuckle was, was all the way by his wrist.
0: 10 8 round in that uh, second, I believe. So, what do we really take away from here other than Lucas just not there to be a top fiver yet?
1: unfortunately, because of the kind of wars he puts himself in, I don't know if he ever will be. He's still scary, super frightening guy. Um, t- Stephen Thompson said it was his hardest fight he's ever been in.
0: That's a gr- A three-round
1: fight with Luque, harder than two five rounds with Woodley, and where he you know, actually one. got knocked down. So I thought that was um, interesting. I've always been a Stephen Wonderboy hater, but because of how much respect I have for Luke a, and he... He just really uh, schooled him everywhere. He ate some killer shots. Uh, I feel like Steven Wonderboy may have won my heart. I That fight was amazing, and it was fun to eat my words on that fight. That that was a, such a good— It was a fun— It was finally yeah. like I got to see the Wonderboy. When I first started watching UFC with like Rory Wonderboy, I, that's the Wonderboy— It was like the last time I saw him fight like that. And i kind of thought it was over for him even though i know mosfadal and woodley those were kind of shit fights oh, yeah. um, seeing this made me like wonder boy could be a contender for sure what a scary guy especially um gosh i would even how exciting imagine wonder boy at 185 against adesanya
0: i don't think so i think that wonder boy looks best when somebody walks forward and when we see woodley or these high level one and two type contenders they know the game plan is, back up and pick your shots against Wonderboy, which means low output five rounders, instead of someone like Lucas. like, I'm going to get in his face and beat him. It's like, uh, no, that doesn't work. It's been proven, and we finally saw someone be like... Well, I don't know, Pettis. Bark. But Pettis was losing that entire fight until that knockout came I out. don't know. I think I he, he was winning. Was losing the, losing. I didn't
1: think he was getting spanked was at all. If he was losing, it was equally losing. It looked like a rough fight for uh, Wonderboy. That was really weird. It's like something changed from that where he's like, oh, I got to get knocked out, I think, by Pettis, especially on the tail end of not looking so great. Hey, Pettis, Luque, that's interesting as fuck. Now, both off a loss.
0: That's interesting as well. I don't um, know And know what if about Wonderboy? top fiver. I mean, anybody with a ranking behind them, because he was, I believe...
1: Wonder Boy Woodley 3? <laughs> no,
0: that's not the one. That's not the fight I want to watch at all. A three-rounder even. That is not it. So, anybody else in there, give them to him. Same as Luke. Then we go to the co-main event. At 185 pounds, they made weight. They finally got there. Darren until coming out and saying that he was looking for excuses to call the fight off literally right before the fight. But ended up going out there. I was, out. I was and
1: terrified. <laughs> 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 I want to buck out. I want to buck out. I was going to fake an injury. So, the oh, Every yeah. fighter needs to say this. We're terrified. We know. We hear it. Everybody tells us that. Like, Like we always mock GSP. <laughs>
0: Well,
1: uh, Brendan, I am terrified. He's
0: getting crazy because supposedly a lot of reporters are like, well, nobody really talks about it. And I'm like, eh, there's more than enough. Yeah, That's GSP,
1: Brendan Schaub. Um, I feel like we've heard a lot of fighters sit down Start on the road like, and say, scary. like, oh my gosh, I'm scary as shit when I'm walking out there. The scariest thing in the world. He's like, I didn't even want to do it when yep. I was walking in.
0: Um, 100%. So this one did come through. It was a decision. 30 27. Till, 30-27 Gastelum, twenty nine twenty eight Till, majority decision.
1: I actually had it the other way, 29-28 Gastelum. I'm going to be real honest.
0: I was really close. I thought it was 29-28 Gastelum as well. I could have seen myself being a little biased once I looked at fight metric. Till did land a little bit more, um, but that's a humongous step up. No rank at 85. Came in against the number four proven 85-er, and... I don't say he put on a show because as we were saying before with the missing weight, Gastelum probably started picking out and it wasn't on celery sticks and carrots. It was fucking pizza and tacos and the greasiest shit, so his whole... I don't
1: think he did at all. I think Gastelum was going to miss weight regardless of Till not getting a visa. Oh, really? Gastelum, this is what he does. Habitual, habitual. This is
0: what he does. True, true, true. So maybe I'm making excuses and why I they don't need to the be difference. there. And
1: actually the difference. Till's body looked better than it ever has. Yes. And it wasn't because he... It, it wasn't that he looked flabby at 170, even when he railed out, but he looked more muscular and thick than he ever has.
0: Till's not ruling out 170 pounds.
1: I think he should, especially at his age, and I, I I like his fight style against like an Adesanya and guys at the top of this division. It's really interesting to me. I um, coming in against Gastelum. I mean, you are one fight away from the title shot. Like Gastelum's up there. He's a well, you
0: killer. can you can really only fight guy's two spots ahead or behind you, like in that position at four now, because he kind of was, absorbs that fourth or fifth spot, does Till not? Yeah, does he not?
1: I think so. And so. I like the Sousa, the UL, the Costa, the... Uh, yeah, he uh, hasn't seen any of Robert those Robert Whittaker. Um, I think that's the one Darren Till said, I always knew I was going to have that fight. Me versus Robert Whittaker.
0: <laughs> I love the Robert Whittaker fight, but I've also hear, heard people calling out, uh, oh, Jack and boy Hermanson, and I'm like, perf, I would love that Jack Hermanson fight, Till. Love it.
1: Um, well, it's a big fight because they could do it over in the UK anywhere. Like, it's a big uh I, I don't, I like, once I started Any listing of those? the names of the people, because even if you go through um, Cannoneer, uh all of them, yeah. Everybody what about Hermanson uh, Gastelum? Ranked opponent? Um, I Loss like Hermanson Loss. Gastelum, but I heard uh, Gastelum, which I'm, I like Shabazian Gastelum.
0: Him I think off a too, loss, Shabazian too, on a climb. But that's too big of a step up from Brad Tavares, I feel like.
1: I don't know. Brad Tavares is right there.
0: I think he's a This 14, is a double loss 14. for
1: Gastelum. Yeah. And I, I just like the climb. If you lose twice, there's got to be a bigger fall. You can't be fifth now. Right, right, right. So like I spots. feel like Shabazian's just, Brad Tavares is the right guy to get a low-ranked top 10 opponent. And right. at this point, that's Gastelum to me because of the double loss. I it's probably like that. seven. Um, and what a perfect way to build his name. I think that's a main event on like a fight night or a co main on a pay-per-view. I think that's a great fight. Shabazian is for a hardcore still. But Gasoline's earned his due.
0: Definitely. So they have many matchups free with one of those guys moving forward. Then we go. We get to the main event with all of the sketchiness that went down. The president came up through for us for the he actually showed up for the whole pay-per-view, did the president. He showed up from the first fight on the pay-per-view till the end. Most hoity-toity, Richie-Smitsy guys will only be there for the absolute main event. So, president really showing up. And he was second floor when they told him, We're talking to you, Amanda
1: Nunes and Nina. We see you walk-in at the (laughs) (laughs) co-main. We see Usman walk-in at the co-main. True.
0: Very, very true. So, definitely big ups from the government there, showing all of their love for the UFC. For the main event, why we all came to see the Miami boy himself, the Floridian, come through Jorge Masvidal against Nate Diaz. Controversial as it gets. Dr. Stoppage, round number three. Couldn't come out because Dr. said, hey, can you see, well, let's go back into the fight. First round, does it open up with that kick to the face where
1: anybody ten else? Ten-eight. eight,
0: ten, eight, ten eight.
1: First round, Jorge. Uh Kicks yeah, Diaz it would have finished face. most fighters at 170. So the fact that Diaz ate that and then came back in that round at all and even survived it. Right. Amazing. 10-8, uh, Jorge schools the round. Second round, much of the same. Schools a the more, round. Could have
0: been a 10-8. 10-9 is absolutely fine as well. It um, could have
1: been a 10-8. I agree. Oh, but 10-9, dependent on how this was going. And you could see even in a boxing commission, Jorge was making it his fight. Even regardless of what was going on, no one could have taken it from him. Jorge
0: wasn't getting touched in there. I think there was only two or three strikes that really landed on Jorge Masvidal uh, with the little scratch under his eye, but it was one-sided traffic in there. Third round comes around. That cut's opened up over the right side of his now, eye No,
1: actually um that happened in the second round and they let it go into the third fine and dandy um it, just and it was actually if you look at the picture before and after it looked the exact same there was no difference at all uh with it and actually if you look at um this where he beat pettis there is actually no difference of um, it's the exact same cut it's worse in
0: pettis's fight honestly
1: well, I feel because like it's, hanging it's only two months later. If any human in the planet cut themselves like that, right. it's going to rip open, like, right there. Like, it's... The exact same spot. look at uh, old scar tissue, same well, cut. Well, both of
0: these brothers have had surgery specifically to help minimize scar tissue because they cut so easily. They've already known this. They learned it from boxers back in the day and did it. Um, but, as you're saying, that cut reopened back up. It was... The same old injury, Diaz said, hey, I'm willing to go. But the ref was like, or the doctor came in third round and was like, can you see? He's like, yeah, I can see. I'm ready to go. And the doctor's like, okay. Turned over to the ref and said, it's over. Call it. (sighs) That neurosurgeon has been getting an earful. Because he was all lavished up. Like, he was a neurosurgeon wearing some Armani goddamn bougie shirt. Did you see what he was wearing?
1: Yeah, I know. He's been getting hate mail and Uh, hate calls to his office. Not
0: only hate calls, his uh, score online has gone plummeted. He's getting one-star ratings everywhere. They're affecting his business, which I'm not okay with. I don't agree with that. That guy was trying to keep...
1: Did he do his job bad?
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> but should he get fired from his real job? Because his real job is a neurosurgeon, not a plastic surgeon, which is the UFC or commission's fault to me. Cause if you're the commission, you don't hire you hire maybe both. A neurologist to do the NDIs and then is an actual he an plastic MMA surgeon.
1: Fighter as well. Is he a boxer as well? Has he done more of these fights before? Is this his first fight? Like I just have be careful what you sign up for. It, be careful signing up for an Nate Diaz fight when you. I can't believe we didn't discuss this plastic skin more. This we have another fight. Skin. Yeah, I know. I can't believe we didn't really harp on it and how close, if anything, sure that that last fight was with this nasty injury. Seventy like, days. It's I almost believe you naive said? on my part. Like I should have thought about that paper thin Diaz skin that gets ruptured like this every fucking time.
0: It's a common factor for them. Bloody, bloody fights in there. But you know Diaz won't quit. It has to be the corner or somebody well, it else. It
1: sucks too. by the time the you felt the tide start to change in the third. Could Diaz, could Gamebred still have had more of the minutes, maybe three? Yeah, but toward the end of that round, it was be slowly shifting way. And everyone knows, regardless of what you say, the fourth and fifth round are Diaz's rounds. And so because we've seen him in so many other fights with the same cut above his eye, let it go into the fourth. Let's see what happens here. You can stop it at any time while the fight is actually going on.
0: What I was actively saying was what you should do, and I've seen refs doing boxing and MMA say... You got two more rounds, I'm giving you one. This is already bad. I'm giving you one round to do something and I'm stopping it after I that. even
1: like that. and Because I even,
0: then he comes out to try to get the kill because he knows in his head.
1: He should it? have known in his head anyway, which I totally sure. agree. Like, sure. he's been fighting enough. He is probably has more fights in there he's than a anybody BMF. else. Uh, but also... God damn, could we have gotten Tyson's Fury Vaseline guy?
0: <laughs> like, he would have just
1: slopped, schlopped, schlopped. schlopped. Yeah. That's, like, one of the differences of boxing and MMA fighting is, like, you can't put as much of that shit in there because of the grappling exchanges as well. Um,
0: well, you can because I feel like, was it Derek Lewis came out with a huge glob on his eye and it's like, oh.
1: It just, it's a bummer the way that it ended I don't need... But here's where I'll also disagree with a lot of Diaz fans. Even though I had Diaz, I wanted to see those fourth and fifth rounds because we do all know their Diaz rounds. And when everyone's like, what would he have really done? I don't know. Let's look at the fucking McGregor fights. What would he have really done? I don't know. Let's look at all his fights. Like, he, us calling him a fourth and five... Everybody that had Nate Diaz had him to finish in a fourth or fifth or by decision by eking out the fourth or fifth. So it's like... You should know a little bit, doctor, about the two fighters you're going in there with. I think so. And if the fight didn't get called in the first, in my opinion, then maybe it shouldn't have got called before the the same cut. It looked the same way as it did before. And even after the fight, after it was all stitched up, even the amount of swelling on his eye was not terrible.
0: He's been there, done that. Yeah, like it was not terrible at all. Again, just, you can go back and watch it. I'm sure you have a million times. He's like, I'm ready to go. Fuck the cut. I don't care. It's not falling off. Like, whatever. So... Definitely controversial fight night, the ups and downs, the highs, the lows, the fight pick championship. It was,
1: yeah, and so I feel like I was robbed in a little, emotionally, I was robbed in the fight pick championship, but, <laughs> but I also think one the most BMF thing to have done for Jorge Masvidal, unclipped that belt and dropped it right in the ring and walked out.
0: Been like, I'm out. Wouldn't that have wanna... been
1: the most BMF? Like, keep your $50,000 belt, like, keep it, I'm out. Like, right. I don't know.
0: So, do you want to see the rematch?
1: Not anytime soon. That's what I was going to say. I have no need to see it anytime soon. What I
0: saw in three rounds, I'm like, there's many fights for both guys that are funner than what I just watched, honestly. Even though it was a great fight. Like, move on. Move
1: Nate, on. Nate Diaz, is he doesn't need to win any more fights. For whatever reason, his name's big enough. In the, he's a star maker. And yes, Jorge Masvidal was a star before Nate. Yes, Conor was a star before Nate. But he puts that flame. He makes him a shooting star. He makes him that star from The More You Know, where it's like, pfft. Uh, there's something about that name Diaz, so I want to see him do it for other guys. But And Nate Diaz, he doesn't need to fight anyone in any division anymore unless they're a fucking name, unless he's a main event. He's of that John super Jones, Conor, Ronda realm where he can just do, yeah, super fights only. Yep. That's what I want to see for Nate. And frankly, now, because of this fight, Jorge is of that same echelon. And that's what I was going to ask you. What's next for both guys? I don't want to pick Nate because he just needs to heal. I want the scar tissue gone and I like him taking the eight months year off between fights. But, Jorge.
0: Jorge Masvidal at 170 pounds. Welterweight division. I mean, that Colby fight's right around the corner, but Colby's got a title defense, or a title implicator on the line. But I love the heat in that one. Leon Scott has got a little extra time. I mean, Leon Edwards. (laughs) He's not a
1: BMS. I feel like Jorge's bigger than that. But
0: but because of the... I don't even want to say the saying because it's so outplayed. But because of that altercation in the back where he served up a whole meal, that's a fight that needs to happen. Speaking of up. a three-piece. Leon so <laughs>
1: did you see the Connor tweet?
0: No, I did not.
1: Say it like Connor. Hey, Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Darren <laughs> Till? <told? laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: <yeah. laughs> hey, that motherfucker. Can I get a three-piece soda in the side of the chicken box, please? Loads of something vinegar, Thanks. So, he was
1: calling it out because uh, Jorge was saying in the post by a presser, like, he don't want me, that little midget. I'll The UFC, I would kill him. I would rearrange his face. Like, he don't want any piece of this while he's eating a folded in half piece of pizza. It was pretty awesome. Love it. Um,
0: I had two pizzas folded Yeah, in half. he don't
1: want this. And then Connor tweeted out this, and I was actually surprised because I wouldn't want any of that smoke. Uh,
0: I don't give a shit about Conor because he's done this so much for every fight card, which I love because Conor understands... My people are watching right now. I'm going to tweet right now. He's not tweeting at 2 a.m. on a Friday. He tweets Saturday, 1 a.m., late night type of stuff. But
1: Or it's probably like 6 p.m. in Ireland. I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, he said he's not going back to Ireland because of these allegations that have been coming out. He's like, no more. I'm not coming back here.
1: So, so he's staying in the States?
0: Or just not there. But he's not going back. He, he's he in said, Russia
1: like Jonathan Snowden. Oh.
0: <laughs> exactly. He's like, uh, I can't go in there because the cuffs are going to be put on and I won't be able to leave.
1: Uh-huh. I know so. he's out in Vegas. I've seen, I'm sure he has a couple of pads somewhere. But
0: with Connor, it's just too much talk. I'm done with the talk. Even you Dana says he's going fight. to be fighting
1: next year before, like.
0: Until your name's on a fucking board, like Mystic Mac, my ass. It's been two years. It's like, all right. Has even it been with two years and-
1: since the Khabib fight? Has it not? I thought it's been a year.
0: It's been too long for me.
1: Maybe two years, because that's when they got in trouble, and then yeah, was, and Habib, it Habib fought again. Two and a half. And yeah, yeah, and
0: Habib fought Woo. again, but Connor hasn't. Oh,
1: maybe that was just a year he was suspended. A year and a half. Oh, uh, but
0: it wasn't even that. It was like six months or something stupid. But he hasn't fought since then. Habib has, and he's only fighting once a year. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's been over two years. So fuck it. Who the fuck is that guy? I'm gonna fuck. I'm back. Fair enough, fair enough.
1: Do you think it's a um, University of Miami conspiracy that The Rock was there? Like, they knew Jorge was going to win if The Rock was putting it on, right? That's Miami shit all day, right?
0: Uh, I like that conspiracy (laughs) logic, but... He had so many other ties to it. He has that, you know, big movie about Mark Kerr coming out. So I can see.
1: (laughs) (laughs) True, true. So, uh,
0: but it was really weird in the press conferences just seeing The Rock. And I was like, for the first time, he looked old to me.
1: I agree. It was weird watching him walking with the belt. It was borderline cheesy. Coward. I don't know how I liked any of it, to be honest. I I did not. I it was so
0: close to cringe. But it was not, almost
1: like Dana hated. it. He's like, I will never fucking wrap a BMLF belt around anyone. And Rock's like, I got it. Yeah. yeah. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so the Fight Pick Championship this week, uh, Clout 9 did win um so congratulations to clout nine uh and you guys we try to tweet out stuff so if you're not following us on twitter and all those places um there's clout nine uh buddy of mma marks alpha the big pink Zoltanite, uh, E next to me here, Backlog, who has the best Discord channel, The Juice from Fighting With Myself podcast, uh, yours truly, and I'm also saying I'm in order of the current results, so I'm way down there behind The Juice, but you know who I am above, uh, Ricky Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> 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 and this is the That's all that tournament. matters, as long as I beat Ricky, it's all that matters. Uh, <laughs> then Grampy back, Dar Smokes and Pure Evil, which is kind of unfair because they're the last two guys to close out the 10 in the tournament. So they have not been uh, fighting as much as we have. Um, So, yeah, I I feel like Buddy's been in the top every week, like top two every week.
0: He's definitely gathering the points.
1: But never with perfect picks. It's weird, like in the top, but it's like he'll get perfect picks, but he's only getting five. Like he never has the round or decision or anything, but he's always in the top of how many he's getting right.
0: Um, A lot of upsets been coming up. Good for him.
1: We're still sticking around in
0: there here at Lab B. We're still making our presence known. Moving up. Green means go. Red means stop. So Zoltanite, definitely representing, also known oh, as g- e, Green e. means you're moving up. Oh, yeah. So.
1: Oh, and I fell.
0: A that's what the red bit. must
1: mean. Exactly. Unless exactly. they know my period cycle. Oh. That's nasty. That's Why that's is nasty. it nasty? Why? <laughs> There's no difference to that in Nate Diaz's cut. And I make it to work every day. <laughs> Put a tampon in that shit and let's go! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Quality content, quality content. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. So, Fight big Championships, putting us all on edge, putting the P in period. It's going to be done. We're going to have another week ahead of us. We're going to go all the way to Moscow. Be sure to check your local listings here over in the States. It's going to be at 9 a.m. starter, I believe, maybe 8 in the morning again. Be sure to be on that ESPN plus BT Sports 2, TSN 1, whatever you're doing out we're there. Way TV
1: guide. So, we lap out. We lap beat.
0: But you know what we're here to do. It is always to get into that main event or into that main card.
1: Into the card, period. Of UFC, <laughs> Moscow. Because we mixed that Twitter verse in with the fight pick championships and we mixed it in with recapping the fight. So it seemed like a long 50 minutes of recap. But now we're here.
0: Now we are here with this 13-card bout that is going to be across the pond into that wilderness. If there's something that we always talk about, it's home cooking in Russia. And the juice is always loose when we go over with those Russian bears. Always be sure you're drinking your own water. Come in with your own supply because weird shit happens in Russia. Fighters always say, that was the worst flights I've ever had in my life. That was, we came in the day of the fight and uh, it, there was just weird stuff. I was warming up literally with a toilet and a sink right next to me. Like, that is legitimately shit that yeah, happens Yeah, we in always Russia. hear,
1: like, uh, the steam room went out in our hotel or, and like, there is little weird things. You are right.
0: Things to pay attention and those narratives always seem to play a role. So, things we like to be on. And starting off the 13 card bout, well, I guess the main event. What has been switched on us a few times. At first, it was Volkanovski or Volkov versus Dos Santos, ended up switching to Zabit and Qatar, who got moved from Boston. So that's going to be a three-round main eventer.
1: Really? Yes. Huh. You just told me something new. Uh, that is
0: something huh? new. It is going to affect my fight pick, and it's really interesting. I like to just... It's that whole... Um,
1: Jeremy those? Stevens. That's exactly
0: yeah. it. Pantera, Jeremy yeah. Stevens. So, interesting. But, you know how we always do. We start from the bottom to the top. 13 card bout. And it's going to start at 135 pounds. At Bantamweight, we have Grigory Povov coming in against Davy Grant. Grant being 8-4 coming off of a two-fight losing streak. He was able to win uh, one in there. He did beat he lost to Chris Oldsworth, beat Chris Oldsworth, lost to Marlon Vera, and then coming off of Astasiak and Bermudez uh, submissions in there. Davy Grant being 33 from England. SBG Manchester guy, known for his submissions, good takedowns. All right, gas tank striking has been getting better, but still his uh, weakest attribute by far in there. Against Popov, the 14-3 fighter, he comes in with that Russian wrestling Throws a heavy overhand right, two and put, three punch combo combo in there, mixes it in with a takedown. And once he gets on top, he'll throw a little rabid punches, but more that position over submission type of guy. He t- tends to have the better gas tank and actually has fairly good uh, submission defense. So Davy Grant's triangle, which is probably his best submission off of his back, I feel like is going to be slipped out of a lot, especially at these lower weights. And I do have Popov having a little bit more power in here. He is, though, the older fighter at 35. And we always say these Russian guys are even older than that. Yeah. But as we're saying... Is
1: Popov Russian?
0: He is. He look, he's up from Siberia. He's from okay. your Yurhila Sports. But he's Mongolian, legitimately, like, up where they live in tents still nomadically. And came into the city and stuff. But... Amazing Where they went across the Bering
1: Strait and populated the Americas. Oh yeah,
0: I think there was a movie Ten Thousand BC. That's about his family. That's about. <laughs> <laughs> Is
1: that racist? <laughs> Is it? I don't know. So, <laughs> Who am I to say? <laughs> so I only call out sexist.
0: <laughs> that's your like. Not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that this goes to decision. Even though I could see uh, Povov potentially having a finish potential due to strikes. I'm going to probably stay away from this. This is the first Friday night. There's a Latby b rule in general. And the minus 205 favorite is going to be the one I side with. Give me a decision, Povov. Who do you have in this fight? I
1: love everything he said, even about the stay away. I see it going 29-28 or 30-27, but just more of a close uh, point fight. Grind like where we see them lay on each other a lot. I think it gets boring as the fight goes on, and I don't think it's gonna be huge strikes. Even though Popov is such a heavy favorite, so Popov decision, but a big old stay away. On DraftKings, you're gonna
0: end up paying nine thousand even for Popov against Grant seven thousand two hundred. Average score for Grant on DraftKings thirty one points against Popov's twenty seven in that loss to Eddie Wineland in a big upset there, but. On the tape I watched, Poa should eat, be able to get more, but I don't think he clears that 90 points. So, as we were saying, probably a stay away is going to be the best route in that one. With 13 fights, you why have a bother? lot. Yeah, why, you,
1: r- why ruin your night on this?
0: Absolutely. Why ruin the first fight where you're like, oh, I put too much money on yeah. that guy that I didn't know enough about. So, let them both get multiple more fights in the UFC. So, then we move on to... Bantamweight, 135 pounds. For the ladies, we have Jessica Rose Clark coming in against Panny Kazad. Two, both of these ladies met each other earlier on in their careers. Kazad coming in with an 11 and five record, getting a win in there, getting a loss to Macy Chieson coming off of the Tough House. Then she ended up getting a win over Avila. No, she just lost to Avila, who was in between there. She beat Ivana
1: out hug of the and organization. Kiss? Ivana Huggenkiss. Ivana Huggenkiss. Ivana, Ivana man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then she came back to the UFC, I believe, on short notice, and lost to Julia Avila in a one of the worst fights I've watched in a long, long time. Both of them were not pulling the trigger. Panini likes. Uh, Wrestle not the best strikes Thought they were getting better But she just hasn't She doesn't have that next gear She just stays in first gear Low output not heavy on strikes And then her wrestling has a little bit of holes in it Even though she has the more offensive wrestling She's easily rolled And she can just be uh, Out transitioned at times But She can be submitted But that's mostly people here We don't have to worry about that with Rose Clark Who tends to be a striker coming out of Australia, she is nine and five. She's been over at AKA for a while, though. She broke her foot. It's been a foot. long
1: time, yeah, since she's fought. It has
0: been a long time, and that's because she broke her foot. She's fought multiple times in the UFC. That's coming off of a decision loss to Jessica I a year, four months ago. Having a three fight winning streak before that in there in the UFC, beating people like PVZ, Beck Rawlings, and who else in there did we have? Uh, fucking either who cares? way. Yes. Either way, uh, Rose Clark tends to keep it striking. Her grappling's got better because she's been at A.K.A., but her foot's been iffy, low out. But she's a harder striker. She's the better striker here, but I do think she gives up the grappling advantage. Hopefully, A.K.A. has done her better. There's going to be a stay away. I have Kazad initially, but she hasn't won yet in the UFC, and it's been really low-scoring fights. I'm switching. I'm going to Rose Clark this is a dirty ass split. I don't like it at all. This is a big fat stay away. I'm not going to expose myself anywhere to this fight.
1: I agree. I'm going with Kazad only because I like my fighter active and it's been a while since Rose Clark has been in there uh, against Jessica I, who've kind of never seen back. Ugh. I don't like Pawnee. I'm going to stay away from this altogether. I don't know if her name's Panties. I don't know if her name's Pawnee. I would never say that to her face. <laughs> <laughs> Kazad decision.
0: So, on DraftKings, you're going to end up paying for the minus 110 favorite Rose Clark, 8,200 against Panny Kazad's minus 120. So, the slight favorite betting wise, 8,000 even on DraftKings. So, a little value as far as betting wise on Rose Clark. I think that wrestling's probably coming through. Coin flip of a fight as far as the books. Hmm. Stay away. There is much better spots. One of them being at 155 pounds. Hmm. We have. Alexander Yokolev coming in against Roosevelt Roberts. Roosevelt Roberts being eight and one, being on the wrong side of the PMP, the plus money plus. I coming in heavy duty. We had Vince from Helper Shell getting the first dubs, putting the first L on Roosevelt Roberts' career in his last fight in a decision, and it was because of that Gifford fight. Gifford also being one of the 13 fighters that was just released. In that group. So, Hamthath being another but one as well. Didn't Gifford
1: just kill somebody?
0: No. No, no, no. Gifford just got killed in Tampa. We saw that freaking ref get freaking called off with of a card because he got beat up so bad.
1: Who against I Davis. I
0: Des Green. Des
1: Green. So...
0: Uh, that's that's uh, <laughs> he that's looks like Harris. Roosevelt. Right? It's the that's hair. Harris. It is the hair. But Roosevelt Roberts comes in with wrestling, has a guillotine, high elbow guillotine. That's really been his money in there. That's how Roosevelt Roberts wins most of his fights. Goes for the guillotine he'll fully give up guard to roll it over and sink it in there with those long arms being that 6-1 and gangly in there. The 25 year old got a developing jab but his striking's not up to par and then his cage work isn't up to par either because that's what Vince did. Vince put him up against the cage, defended that first guillotine and after that Roberts didn't have anything. There was no second submission attempt or even try to get up. It was just succumb to the position. And in this spot, Yokolev can do all of that and some. The 25-9-1 fighters coming off of a big win to Alex... De Silva in a submission guillotine choke since months ago. He had lost to Zach Cummings. He had. I have lost, a
1: question about that. Like please. Was he fighting at one eighty five or one seventy, and now he's went at one fifty five?
0: Yokolev was fighting at one seventy, okay. and he moved down. Um, but
1: he's because he, Zach Cummings went up to one eighty five just recently. Oh, That's why he's not that good. Correct. Correct. Um, and that was a brutal fight. But Yokolev,
0: the rapper in here, the gangster rapper out of Russia, you can find some fun YouTube videos of him with. All sorts of chains. It's pretty interesting. Hmm. So, Yokolev in here, um, great wrestling, good gas tank. He goes by Yo <laughs> Yo, yo, yo. What is his nickname yo, yo, yo. in there? The Thunder yo, yo, yo. of the North. Yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. So, Yokolev, uh, good gas tank, good guillotine on him as well.
1: If you're a fan, y- Love fan, um, at, if you follow us at LatB underscore MMA on Instagram, uh, you can get yourself a groovy Yoke Love design. <laughs> 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 Probably, I think, Roosevelt Roberts, too. I think we've done things on both those guys. Well, I think we have. It's been a while now we've been it's at it. A really it. long time. It's been now. a while now you we've been to it to dig through the in. archives, but it's in there. So, definitely,
0: I'm... Thinking that Yokolev here striking wise gives up a slight advantage, but he has more entries and actually likes to go to the ground and pass, has a much more active ground game than Roosevelt Roberts. And I like the underdog here at plus 140. Gimme Rose Gimme Yokolev. What am I saying here? To win via decision. I could even see a late-round submission, but I think he's the better fighter here. I think Roosevelt Roberts had a hype train beating a lot of guys. But once we saw that McKenzie teen, I mean guillotine. Uh, get countered, it's like, oh, this guy's way, way beatable, and it's because not that good a gas tank, not that good a striker, just kind of a one-trick pony. Give me the underdog, the first of many. Hmm. Who do you have in this fight? And why? I
1: kind of like what you're saying, and for me, just I the size, size, size. I'm gonna be heavy watching weigh-ins to see how close they are in discrepancy, because I can't ever recall Yakovlev being chubby at no, all he in any shrugged. of his weight. So him going down to 155 is a bit worrisome for me. I know these Russian guys will like cut their dick off to make weight because they are hardcore. Uh, but I got Yakovlev decision just based on the size alone um, and the active. Uh, Oh, I guess Vince Bichelle was only four months ago. I think Vince Bichelle, going to decision with Vince Bichelle is much like going to decision with Kemaru Usman three years and three months ago. Like, it's such a different fighter than Kemaru now. Um, I got Yakovlev decision, but I think size and age... I, I have to, this is my need to watch weigh and fight because I could see myself switching to Roosevelt Roberts' decision by the time the so, fight gets here.
0: As I was saying, some of the travel may play a role and it's happened many a times to fighters. This is Yo- Roosevelt Roberts' first ta- fighting out of the country, of the United States. So, there's a hell of a doozy to make a hell of a flight to fly into enemy territory where maybe he's making 155 because he's got some extra... IVs and diuretics to get him down there. We are in Russia. Yeah. So just things to be paying attention to. Here on DraftKings, you're going to end up paying for the minus 170 favorite, Roosevelt Roberts, 8,500 against Yokolev, 7,700. Average points for Roberts, 71 points per fight, where Yokolev's is 49, but he does have a couple more losses in the UFC. Again, I like. Yokolev, I think I'm gonna probably go 20%. Know, 49
1: points for Yokolev. 49 yeah, like on Roberts average. Roberts better here, and how much too? Oh, Roberts is that much of a favorite? 85. 85. He ain't worth that. He's not
0: gonna pay that off. I, so it's Yokolev or nothing right now. So I'm thinking I'm gonna go Yokolev about 20%. I'm liking mm-hmm. him potentially later in that as that fight goes on. Really saw some issues for Roberts in that. Do you gas go fight.
1: all Russian, no Russian?
0: No, because I am picking against some Russians as okay. we move on. But I like that narrative. I like that saying because hey, I went to China and picked against every Chinese fighter. How'd that go for me? Yeah. <laughs> How'd that go for me? Woo! So learn my lesson. Learn my lesson. One that I hopefully don't have to learn here. We have at 170 pounds, debuting Abu Barak, Nurmagomedov coming in against David Zuwada. You're welcome woo, you don't even know the gymnastics I had to go in my head. I just did the splits back inside out, prolapse tennis, and then we're in.
1: I'm going to call you right there because I believe maybe you had to do, like, a cartwheel back handspring in your head, (laughs) but Nurmagomedov was just an easy 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 one thousand times. We've done that a thousand. (laughs) But to, like, those strangers at the bar that don't know us or never heard this, they're like, damn, that boy's good with his words. (laughs) He knows them fancy names. (laughs) (laughs) So it's
0: definitely... uh, uh, interesting fight we got here. The 16-5 returning Zawada came in losing to came into the UFC off of the KSW scene. He ended His up His name
1: should be David. Yep, my real last name is Zawada. Because Z- it does not look like it should be him. <laughs> true.
0: True, true. He came in beating D- Danny Roberts in a split decision a year ago and then is rattled off a two-fight losing streak to Ji G- Ling Liang. Who else in there? Oh, did he actually beat? I'm getting mine mixed up here. Danny Roberts, or he lost to Danny Roberts in a split decision?
1: He lost to Jean Liang and uh, Danny Roberts.
0: Okay, okay, so two fight losing streak here. He was easily outsized. Easily outsized in there, easily out wrestled. Zuada has maybe a second gear. Two and three punch combinations, but not really all that fast. Eats a lot of shots, can easily get taken down, and just out grappled. And against a Nurmagomedov, who's 15-2, and two, coming off of his it's his PFL, he beat Johan Blakovic, who we had in the UFC, Serbian Steel, I believe. And that was a decision. It looks like it got overturned.
1: Is he a, a relation?
0: They're all cousins. <laughs> They're all cousins. So... Uh, I do believe he has a relation, and I do believe it is his cousin, actually. So uh, here, though, the wrestling daggy fighter, we know what he likes to do in there. Rinse and repeat, take it down, ground and pound. Little better striker than a lot of the other Russians. We did see him against some at level competition and he's been pulling through here. I don't see Zuada really coming out with anything that's gonna uh, surprise Norman Gomerov in this spot. He has a debut. I do th- feel like his name is giving him a little extra push, so I do think it's getting a little crazy. But Zuada hasn't done anything yet to show us that he is gonna be able to take out this level of opponent. Give me Norman Gomerov. It's a little too steep for me. I think it's just gonna be a decision. 30 27. If there's a finish, it's going to be for Nurmagomedov. So that's who I'm picking. Give me a decision right now. Who are you picking? I like why?
1: everything you said on it. Even the extra hype could be his name value there because we're seeing him as such a moderate favorite. Not that he shouldn't be a favorite, but it may be more like a 185. Um, but, yeah, I got Nurmagomedov, too, and I probably I, I don't see him getting those Khabib points, but unless I'm totally wrong, uh, I might have him on, like, 20%. I think it's a guaranteed win almost.
0: Out of the two, but you're going to end up paying for one of the biggest favorites of the night at minus 200, minus 280, 9,300 on DraftKings is Norman Gomedov against Zuad, 6,900
1: plus I don't see a finish, but I just also don't see a ton of points. I see him uh, not knowing what to do, how to get up. So I just see him being held down. I think this is kind of a low-point scoring fight anyway.
0: Or fight night in general is what you're saying, as far as draft, teams? Uh, or just,
1: no, this, just fight? this fight, just
0: this fight. I agree. 9 3 is going to be pretty steep. I'm going to be super limited, but out of the two, it's only Norma Gomez that I'm going to have spo- exposure to there. Then we're moving on to a fight of the night contender here at middleweight, 185 pounds. We have debuting Roman Kipulov coming in against Carl Robertson. Robertson being 8-2, having some tenure in the UFC, lose beating Ferrera, losing to losing to Ferreira, beating Marshman. Who else did he get it went in there? Beat with? Beat
1: Thurman, lost to Glover, beat Jack Marshman, lost to Ferreira, and then beat Stewart.
0: Stewart as well in there. The 6'1, 29-year-old from New Jersey has got some great striking in there. Multi credentials, puts a good trap together. Has heavy, has traps that he can set, but has some glaring holes, and that's his ground game. It's how Glover was able to get him out of there, and so was Ferrero via submission. Once Robertson starts to slow down, especially in that third, that gas tank does start to wear well. Wear going into the second round, uh, with that amount of power and strikes he puts in, uh, Robertson is, he's someone that's really dangerous in that first round, and uh. His best moment of the fight is probably midway through that second round. And then right at the beginning of the third, it's like, uh-oh, Robertson might have just given it all up in there. That flight's going to affect him. And coming in against a 28-year-old striker like uh, Roman here, it is a fun matchup because he strikes as well. He's a, what is it, combat Sambo practitioner. I know he has also, I believe, a purple belt that I saw on there on the ground, but the striking of this young man, very Kyokushin karate. He is orthodox, grows a one-two, but a great jab into a right. Hurts a lot of people, and then he throws tons of kicks up, which Robertson does as well. Um, The exchanges, though, for the young man are really scary at times because he usually gets the better of them because he's really quick, but once he gets to that higher level, if somebody counters that movement, he's gonna walk into something hard. He could be turning that around. I just loved the tape I was watching. I watched a lot of his fights because I was like, "Holy shit, this is a real addition to the division." I mean, you gotta watch this fight. You guys gotta wake up if you're thinking of sleeping in because it's an early night. Do not miss this fight. Could be it's fighting not an night early contenders. night doesn't it
1: start at eleven. Or early morning, I yeah. mean.
0: Sorry, but. I'm giving it to or the
1: western of the United States. Make sure you check your listings once again. Very true. I saw Roman. Don't you try to blame me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I saw Sorry. Roman here go into the fourth and fifth round and have corner stoppages against some at level competition as well. He's fighting with guys with winning credentials in here. On the ground, he can hold his own. We don't have to worry about them with Robertson, but it's just that gas tank on the young man. He's proven it into the fourth and fifth round to have tons of power. So I think Robertson uh, fades. Later into the fight, I'm going to mix it up because they both have knockout potential. I'm going to go heavier on Roman, probably that 30%, 10% for Robertson because he's got power too. Give me round number three, Kaipov, Kaiplov, Koyplov. How would you pronounce that last name? Kaipelov. Kaipelov.
1: Uh, I also have kopalev I actually have a decision, and I'm one of the rare few. Um, I don't have, I won't have Robertson anywhere. I think uh, he just gases too much for me, and it's almost hand-picked so that this will be a stand-up brawl. Uh, I don't think either guy's going to try to take it down, but I do think Carl Robertson just has that little bit of MMA knowledge where he is going to pull on those arms and take off some of that power and also wear on the cardio of kopalev But like you were saying, Robertson's cardio isn't great either, so I actually think this is going to get really tedious boring and surprisingly boring come to third. I'm giving Robertson a little credit here because his wins are not impressive people to me. Like anytime I see Marshman on there I'm like oh that's not even in the UFC. You're not even fighting UFC opponents yet. So a uh, couple of decision. I do see myself having him in places because I'm just not a huge huge Robertson fan but I, I, I'm excited about Everything that I'm noticing about this kid, and I only watched one fight, not a bunch of tape. Um, but Fun I just wa- I just wanted to see what his body looked like. That was he's
0: he's bodied up. Yeah, he's, he's a not- lifelong martial yes, artist. Yeah, he's definitely been doing it. On DraftKings, you're gonna get the debuter minus one twenty five favorite for eight thousand three hundred for Roman Kipelev coming in against Carl Robertson seven thousand nine hundred plus minus one hundred five. There's a coin flip as far as the betting lines. Gimme. Roman in there, again, that 30%, 10% going to be hedging my bets as far as DraftKings with Robertson's 79. But I could even see myself getting more exposure at 8-3 because he really opens up a lot of my cards at 8-3. That's right in the middle, and I see a—if he gets a win, I I likely see a finish.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I'm thinking it might be above I don't think
1: it be that. low outcome. I think even um, a 60-point minimum.
0: Great three? Yeah. That's worth it right right there. It's
1: right there where it needs to be to not ruin your cards for the money.
0: Definitely. Moving on to
1: 155
0: pounds, we have returning Rustam Habelov coming in against Sergi Kandusko. Kondusko being 27 and 5, coming off of a three-fight winning streak in the UFC, winning against Rustman Akhman, known as the hairiest man in the UFC, That was his biggest win to date. He does have some at-level competition. The 27-year-old is serviceable everywhere. Serviceable ground game. Striking's all right. Doesn't have tons of power. Serviceable gas tank. On the... It's just... He he looks very journeyman-esque. There's nothing that stuck out in any of his tape. Even when I went back and watched that Rustam fight, it was a decision against the guy that I feel most people should be able to finish in there as well. A lot of people haven't hyped for that against Docman, but we'll see what we get in it. The hard thing here for Sergi is that he's coming in against a motherfucking killer and Habelov. And Hablov wouldn't even have to take this fight if he didn't come in against another PMP favorite, Diego Ferreira, which we've been telling you. I, told, I made money on Ferreira, on a PMP after that this fight, and saying, hey, Rustam's getting a little bit older. It's going to be a bit tougher. He isn't. Well, not
1: just that. Diego is, everybody's sleeping st- on Diego. He, sleeping. I almost see in him what when we used to be the only people talking about Cheeto. That's how I see Diego. like He's going to sneak up, and then he's going to be one of your favorites, too, because he never has a boring fight.
0: Absolutely in there. But Rustam Habalov comes in with... Tons of wrestling, heavy over right hand. He's been over at Jackson Wink forever. Being around the States, I mean, great game plans, great gas tank. He just got outworked flat out by Diego Ferreira, and it takes that those top five type level cardios and game plans to do that. I don't see Sergi being there on any level. There's a reason he's a favorite here. I'm actually surprised that Norma Gomedov is such a... Favorite and Rustam isn't here at minus 170. I could easily see him being that two minus 250 with just the credential of killers he's been in there against and being able to beat. He's a little low on the output, is Habalov, but I just don't see this. I don't see Sergi winning anywhere. Give me Habalov submission because I think, oh, uh, no. I think Habalov is going to make a statement because he's like, I just lost, I got to get in here and get this guy out of here. Because if he gets a decision, he's only going to move one step up. Where if he gets a submission, okay, get another name in here. But coming off of a two fight losing streak, debuter, or, or debuter, yeah, uh, winner from whatever. Give me Havilov submission round number two. Who do you have and why?
1: I have Havilov decision. If you're from Jackson Wink and your name's not John Jones, you ain't finishing any fight. You just go to decision, and you win point fights, and that's kind of what he does. He just doesn't stand on his feet and do it Holly Holm style. He takes it down and does slow, tedious grinds. Uh, I do think he can pull it out everywhere. I almost think this is a gimme in a way. Sergi's kind of, uh, like you're saying, very underwhelming. Uh, Rustem Khabalov. Give me the fighter. I think he's just going to be low scoring, though, even though I have him to win by decision, and I think a 30-27 decision every round. And anyone that's doubting him right now, the only reason the line's so close is because people are sleeping on Diego and how good he is. That's what I think.
0: So are you saying the line could be a little more spread out?
1: Yeah, I think it should be. Like like you were saying, everything you said, I agree
0: with. So (laughs) on DraftKings, you're going to get the minus 170 favorite, 8,000. 700 for Habalov against Kondusko, 7,600.
1: He is Russia, Vas Russia,
0: plus 140 underdog. It's Habalov or nobody, right? It's only Habalov as far as DraftKings, but I'm not going to be too exposed, maybe 10%, because as you're saying, low output, yeah, low output DK line on that one. Then we move on to 205 pounds, where you have returning Magomed. Ankalayev have coming in against Datchler, and this is
1: the prelim- main event.
0: Main event. Yep. The prelim headlining main event. These are guys are going to be profiled on your fight pass. Check your local listings. But they get that main card started. Well, they're the predecessors to that main card. So, Lucky coming in. With a 10-1 record, the Judoka comes in from the Republic of Congo, being on that African scene. He last came in against Daquan Townshed and knocked him out left, left cross. But Townshed was a short-notice replacement, I think a week and a half. Didn't really look like he should have been there. Dachliai in here being 34 years old, as muscled as it gets. He is 5'10". It's more like 5'9". In there, but he is rock solid. Have you been seeing those videos on Twitter where it's these, like, really muscle-bound guys running into, like, a McDonald's and kicking the food out of guys and being like, you're off your diet. That's what Logia Bula looks like to me, just a bodybuilder that's just, like, worries more about getting his muscles bigger than fighting. But he does have skills. The judoka has fun trips. He'll trip on the outside, hip toss, uh, Japanese wizard in there. He has power in his strikes. The thing with Logia Bula here is his gas tank isn't all that good. His gas tank is shown, even though he's gone to five rounds twice, even finished a couple in the fourth round, after that third round, it's holding on. He'll throw flurries in there, but it's like Derek Lewis where he's like, alright, I'm going to wait a whole three minutes, and then I'm going to burst for 10 seconds, and then I'm going to wait for the next two minutes to be over. So, there's always power with Dachlia, yeah, but against Nikolayev, who has the gas tank, has the strike regiment, the takedown defense, and uh, the strike argument, it's just too many checks for him other than the flat-out power, which Ankalaev's have shown a good chin in there. The only way I see you uh, really beating the level of fighter of Ankalaev is a decision or a flash KO, a flash submission like Paul Craig did. But ever since that Paul Craig finish, Ankalaev has put together a two-fight winning streak and looked like a man on a mission, realizing what he has to do in there. And I think he runs over... Actually, uh, after that first round, it could be a 10-9 10, eight, 10 nine round, that first round for champion in there. But soon thereafter, it turns into all ankolaev. I give the next two rounds, if not all three, to Ankolayev. Give me a decision. Depending on what I hear as the week goes on in the weigh-in, could be a third round finish for ankolaev just because that gas tank is not good for Dachliav in my eyes. Who do you have and why?
1: I feel like I've never even seen that gas tank. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I have uh, Ayan uh purely by experience in the UFC, even at an age. I like uh, I like his trajectory in the division as well. So give me Ayan here. I have a decision. I don't have a finish. Um, if I do see a finish potential, maybe something like a ground and pound. I just don't see it happening on the feet. Uh, I think... Dulcia is going to be one of those guys that is just hard to put to sleep. He's from the Congo people. He might be the only fighter from the Congo on the planet. Other the, than Czech Congo. Except <laughs> all the people from the Congo probably look like him. If we were, probably went in there, he'd be like, oh my God, they're all fighters. He's not the only fighter. Like, his mom probably looks like Nganu. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a beautiful woman. Yeah, so... Um, I have anglia of decision. And before... Oh, wait. You have to break down the DK card. The DK.
0: Minus 300 for Inkolaev on DraftKings. You're going to end up paying 9,400. The heavy, the most high-priced fighter on the night against Dachlia's 6,800 plus 230. I'm going to say Inkolaev. I'm going probably in that 20%, but I'm going to put Dachlia in a couple spots. I feel like... He can get that one and done. I'm not. It's not a lynchman. I'm telling you, it's like 5% of my cards. But he is going to be hedged in a couple little spots just because he, he has, has that, that type of power. power. He has that type of power, and he could be that type of fighter that's like, I'm going to lose if it goes past the second. Let's try in the first because I got nothing to lose. So it's an uphill battle here. Interesting, interesting fight to kick off the main card.
1: But before we get in there... Like we always tell you to do, make sure you're liking and subscribing. So if you want to follow E, you can do that at Zoltanite on Twitter. And if you want to follow me, you can do that at WeakneckBaby. Make sure you're always liking and subscribing to L-A-T-B underscore M-M-A. And you can also find us at LatB underscore M-M-A on Instagram. And back to the breakdown.
0: Back to the Fight Picks Championships. You know we're coming for you. You know the heat's been turning on. We've been setting our traps. That's all I would say if I were you, Cheney. I'd be like, i let you win that one.
1: Well, I, I'm the type of fighter. I come on strong in the first, and then I might shit the bed in the second. I'm just catching my well, breath. You're taking a round you're, you're taking a yeah, round I, gotta, I don't have that cardio. Through. I don't have that buddy-type cardio where I'm going to stay up all the way.
0: I'm in that Jorge Masvidal. I'm in. That ho- I'm just picking. I'm just hitting you with the, the same level, same speed, same speed the whole time.
1: That's not working at all. That is it. All right.
0: Who's in the middle? Zach Cummings.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. You got to bring it home for us. No pressure, Zach Cummings. No. Who's just coming on? You're like a um, like Barbarina, a, like a solid, like a Max Holloway. Max Holloway. A solid, <laughs> doing the damn thing. So. Blessed era, <laughs> Zach Cummings. <come> <laughs> you so. just called... That's a worse put down than Megan Anderson. Not at all. I totally think so. No
0: way. <laughs> Megan Anderson is such, such a worse one. I bet you we
1: look up, Megan Anderson has like, 500,000 more followers oh, than Zach Cummings.
0: I guarantee that, but as far And it's far not because she's wise. a lady,
1: just because Zach Cummings... I, be, I bet you most hardcores are like, who is Zach Cummings? <laughs> <laughs> Kill a bee? No! No! The one
0: that looks like him. <laughs> did
1: you see Pat Cummings' cousin. Did Platinum Mike Perry has a fight with...
0: I did see that announcement. Somebody
1: that I was really underwhelmed, because Pat uh, Mike Perry's one of those dudes that I feel like is name value enough that you can put him up against...
0: Who was it? I did see that I feel announcement. like it was an
1: African-American fellow. I'll look it up while we Interesting. move on to the main card.
0: Into the main card, we're going to have a debut or start off the main card with Shamil Guzmatov coming in against Klitsen Abreu. Shamil being a perfect 13-0, having a bunch of PFL experience as well in there, having some World Series, ABC wins, Going against at-level competition, definitely looking good as well. Watching the twa- tape on this 29-year-old, he has a uh, good right hand, good cardio, good grappling in general. I believe he does have a bit of a sand-out background, or sambo background. Um, this is definitely right at the level he's been fighting with the PFL guys, with this low level of UFC competition at 185. Abreu being 15-3, and three, coming off of a win, losing his debut to Sam Alvey in a decision. No, he won against Sam Alvey in a decision, but he lost to Enkolaev in a decision. 1-1 one one in the UFC. Abreu Being a slight favorite, I believe, against Sam Alvey, showing he has a chin because Alvey always has that power, but just really showing you that he kind of likes to dirty box with you, does a bray you. He's got good punch combination, good body shots in there, just not tons of power, doesn't really take you down on the ground. He is going to be the better... Jiu-Jitsu guy, but coming in against Shamil, a Russian fighter in Russia, you're more than likely not going to be able to submit him by any means whatsoever. And just the output for Abreu tends to be a little bit lower. I feel like Shamil here is just going to be able to overwhelm him with volume and uh, at distance strikes. Abreu's not going to be able to get it to the ground if he ever needs to, so I think that the debuter kind of dictates where this fight goes. Also being the local favorite. I just see that if it was even close, the judges are more than likely going to give it to him. So for any of these against Russian opponents, any of these Americans or foreigners going over, if you're not going to finish them, it's you know it's going to be hard for me to pick you, but it can be done. Give me the debut or Shamil as the favorite here against Abreu in a decision. Who do you have and why?
1: Me too, but it's more so that I just don't really like Abreu. Uh, so I'm going to go with, uh, the Russian, uh, he's a favorite for a reason. And I almost, uh, since Abreu's been in, I just feel like he's been there as like, here, here's a chew toy and then throw him at the dogs. Um, uh, yeah. Gazmatov decision. I think it's going to be a night of Russian decisions.
0: I could definitely see that.
1: Minus two. And I did find that fight. Who was Jeff, it? Jeff Neal.
0: Oh, that, that's why. Cause I'm like. That's too dangerous of a fight for too low-ranked low, low ranked of an opponent.
1: Yeah, it's a weird fight for Mike Perry to have taken. Not
0: a beneficial fight for him, but definitely one I'm going to be watching. On DraftKings, minus 205, you're going to pay for Shamil, the debuter, 8900 against returning Klitson Abreu, $7,300 plus 165. Klitson is a little bit of a live spot. Uh, actually, not so much. I'm going to probably stay away from this at 8-9. He has to finish. And... I don't necessarily think that it's a, that's an low easy outcome. decision.
1: Low, low, low output. output, I mean, yeah.
0: I agree. So I'm going to probably, if there's any, it's Shamil, and it's like 10%, but I'm going to probably stick away from that But this one. whole
1: fight card I would suggest to stay away from. I agree. After the, the BMF of last week, and it's almost like anyone I see people bitching about, like, this isn't a good card. Well, you know what? It's not supposed to be. They're all not going to be UFC 244. We got to take up and downs, and this, this is definitely a valley. Just be sure when they come on at three, o'clock in the morning, 11 a.m., they're probably not going to be stacked, everyone.
0: Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. But this is where we eventually get the enough highlight reels. We're like, oh, I remember not watching that at 4 a.m. Or, like us, drinking the coffee because I don't miss them. I don't and miss I don't them. It doesn't either. matter the time. I'm excited
1: about it. Hey, and I don't so miss them. is my wife and your girl when we wake up shot out of it. Like, fights are done. And they're like, what? We get to hang out tonight? We get to go out? We get Very to true. have a delicious meal or do something? Take me salsa dancing?
0: <laughs> All sorts of good stuff <laughs> when we get happens. these. <laughs> <laughs> so, definitely uh, for 8900 for Shamil, be tentative as far as DraftKings. On to... A profile fight at 170 pounds. We have Anthony Rocco Martin coming in against Razan Emiv. Emiv coming in with an 18-3 record winning in the UFC only. Having multiple fights, four in a row in the UFC. Beating Alberto Mita, Sam Alvey, uh, Stefan as of late in there a year ago. And we haven't seen much from him from the 32-year-old. He likes to wrestle has a wrestling centric game plan all right strikes but really likes to throw a two-punch combination to get right into those legs and keep on wrestling with you he's more of a position over submission guy that's throughout his career he likes to ground and pound once he gets on top and definitely has a serviceable gas tank we've i've seen him go in five round fights and uh, look tired afterwards, but his opponents just look absolutely spent in there, and that's because he is dominating the position most of the time in there. But against Rocco Martin, the D1 wrestler, 16 and five, he came off of a huge winning streak, being four in a row, only finally losing to Maya. Damian Maya, a ever contender. He wasn't submitted, which can be, you know. Is That's the Jorge all
1: game. You know, he it, didn't win either, but right? Jorge was, didn't win, but he correct. didn't get submitted. But he didn't he get set submitted. up the game plan. And it was a
0: majority decision, which means Rocco Martin won one of those scorecards, Put a game, tried to put a game plan like uh, most of his other training partners, Colby Covington in there, tried to keep the wrestling, tried to keep it striking. Rocco has uh, good strikes. He's really starting to implement those leg kicks much, much better into his game plan. And on the ground, Rocco is more than serviceable. He's definitely proven as of late. And as the same with Masvidal, after we saw him lose the way he did to Masvidal, it only puts more stock in it because I'm like, Rocco Martin just learned a really big lesson in here. And he's going to learn things because the only way uh, you can get that knowledge is by doing it. And he did it. He just went three rounds with Damian Mayan. And yeah. it's like, I picked up things that I can do in other fights because of fighting with that guy. So... I had Rocco Martin in that Damian Maya fight. I thought he could keep it where he wanted to. He should have had the better gas tank, but he just got overwhelmed with the position. There is an avenue here for Ameev to do that, but I do think that Rocco can end up on top. Even though I just said if you're a foreigner, you have to get a a finish in order to win, or they're going to give it to the other guy. I think Rocco wins two of these rounds, if not 30-27. I think Rocco can keep his game plan going, keep his cardio Love the ATT camp. I love everything I've been seeing from Rocco. He's been an underdog for a while for me. And there's a lot of reasons why. Give me Rocco Martin decision. could move it up to a finish. But I'm going to stay. I'm going to just stay decision right now. Give me the underdog plus 140. Also known as the PMP. If you're following me at tonight you're already going to see that plus money bet on there. So you're welcome. Because I think the line's going to actually shrink. I think it's going to get closer together. Does it
1: bother you at all? Is MEF, is he coming down from 185 to uh, 170? I'm not
0: sure. I thought he might have had some 85 fights in there, but he's been out for over a year. Yeah, he fought Alvi, I feel like, at 85, but I couldn't find out why he'd been out, if it was an injury or he just cut.
1: Yeah, this is making me really curious this is one I definitely want to see him weigh in spore because of the Avenue that we just saw Maya beat I love Rocco Martin I think he is forever an underdog but because of the recent Damian Maya fight I think the same thing could happen with somebody who's a strong wrestler even though Rocco Martin seems to have that I just um it makes me tentative that he's gonna want he's gonna try so hard to stay off the ground that he's not going to be putting his game plan together on the feet enough and it cost him in the same kind of decision way I have have Rocco Martin decision here but the weigh-ins matter everything to me because because of how MEF coming down I want to see the size discrepancy but so far you know we are kind of biased with Rocco Martin we uh, we tend to go for him he's like our he's a. Uh, the better version of um, who, James Vick, like he's like I they I both I started liking both guys around the same time and kind of watched their trajectory in the same way. And somewhere, Vick's mouth shot him into a place he wasn't ready for. And Rocco Martin's just kind of been a wet match, like he can't get a fire started. So maybe this would be it, but after travel against somebody who I'm feeling like they want to build up an MEF in Russia uh and the dirty commission and everything if it does go to this decision I think it could be a robbery it makes me like a real nervous fight I totally have Martin decision I agree with you um I don't think I'll go heavy on it I don't think he won't be my linchpin he won't be but I uh will have him on a few but I could see myself have an MEF too I think he could eke out that decision is it going to be slow scoring low scoring Slow scoring as well, too. (laughs) Low and slow.
0: I think it could be a little bit because it could... To me, I see it being a bit of a grapple fest. Striking-wise, 5-inch reach advantage for Rocco Martin in here. He only has 1 inch in height, but 5. And I think his hands have been getting good enough. I don't think I'm going to expose myself too much to Eve at 8,400 minus 160 favorite against the underdog. Plus 135. Oh, I got one. 7,800. Uh... All Boston, no
1: Boston.
0: I like that. I like it a lot. (laughs) I like it a lot. Especially as my picks keep on coming down, you're going to see why I like it so much. So, So, (laughs) that is going to be an interesting fight. Oh, I'm so, if it wasn't in Russia, I'd be like, well, it's already my PMP, so I got Rappers. I'm all in. I'm fucking in. You're you're in. Let's go. We did it out. Let's go clapping back, clapping back, Rocco Martin.
1: <laughs> I know, but because you tweeted it out, let's be real. Everybody from the Fight Big Championships has Rocco it's Martin be- too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I feel like glad you followed me right off the cliff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Works both ways. Works both yeah. ways. So then we move on to a two hundred and five pound bout where we have Ed Herman coming against the debut in Hades. In, in Bugamov, the 8-in-1 fighter debuted in the UFC and lost to Do Young Jung as a favorite two months ago via submission, I believe it was in China, the M1 standout at 24, comes with a ton of heat, showed his greenness, showed that if he can't get you out of there in that first round and he starts the gas, his gas tanking cheat. At 24 years old, he learned a really big lesson against another uh, up-and-coming guy there. It was really a uh, slap in the face for this young man here. And Ed Herman has that type of veteranship. Ed Herman is 23 and 14, been around as long as anybody in there. Coming off of a big win, TKO to Pat Cummings. Before that, having a three-fight losing streak to Gian Vellante, Nikola Krylov, and who else did he lose in there, too? The fact that he lost to John Vellante at all is like, should be a red light. Like, ooh, this guy might not be the best to be betting on. but It was Ed a split Herman,
1: decision.
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter. The fact that you made it that close no, with John know, Vellante is horrible. So Ed Herman's really been slowing down at 39 years old. The 205er still has tons of power in his right hand. Serviceable wrestling good takedown defense. It's been his best attribute is that Ed Herman is able to keep it where he wants to, where it's usually uh, striking because he can land with power. Short fuse is called that because he can crack when he needs to in there. But Ed Herman is just a chin. It's it's not there anymore. He gets hurt with half-ass shots in there and against a young fighter who is willing to eat a shot right now. It could get him in trouble because Ed Herman has the type of power to just back up and land that killer blow and then land that ground and pound. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think the young man uh, tries to get back on the winning streak and he realizes, like most of us do, if you just blitz Ed Herman, something's going to eventually catch and it's going to hurt him enough that you can... Rally and eventually get the ref out of here, especially if the ref's like Russian fighters winning. Oh, that's a stop. Okay, that'll be early. It don't matter. It don't matter. Give me round one TKO for the returning first loss ever in the young man, the 24-year-old Kadeel (laughs) Igmabarov, Igmabarov, Cast Hadis. TKO round number one. Who do you have and why?
1: I have Ed Herman decision. I just think the cardio is going to pay off. The veteranship. And I remember... Oh, let me get it. Ibrahimov. Ibrahimov. Ibrahimov is uh, kind of a never was for me. I, I, Don Jung. Um, what? Who? So Ed Herman, you know, he's losing to guys. I understand he went to split decision with Jean Volante. But I can't think that Ibragimov could do that. Uh, I think Jean Valente would actually win that decision as well. Um, Ed Herman's not really chinny to me. The kick, that, the high kick that he ate almost four years ago, I can't put that on for him. Uh, he looked good in his last fight against Pat Cummings to me. He handled it everywhere. And I kind of think the same thing's going to happen with Ibragimov. Uh, Ed Herman's one of those guys that kind of ruins a fight card. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, well, we didn't see him winning, so give me Herman Decision. I could see it being robbed from him the same way. Uh, He's not a really exciting fighter. He doesn't have a lot of output. This is not the rack I hang my fight pick championship coats on or even in my DraftKings, but I guess I'm going Herman Decision.
0: It was interesting to me that this is on the main card, and it's it's like there's so many other fights that have better fights that we could pull from instead of this... Day, this returning young man here in Ig- Igabrimov, eight thousand seven hundred for the twenty-four year old minus two hundred against Ed Short Fuse Herman seven thousand five hundred. Are you going to be playing him heavy on DraftKings for the? Like I'm not said, going crazy
1: on DraftKings, but I I feel like because I might be the only person on the planet that has Ed Herman, I could put him on a card or two.
0: <laughs> I agree. I think he's volatile in there. Give me 10%. Give me 20%. You know oh, what my favorite Cadiz. kind of cardio
1: is? That Colorado cardio. It really is the best in the UFC.
0: It's just that Herman's not, at that point, at 39 years old, He to me, he did look better, but he's looked so bad for so long that...
1: At least he's uh, looked good in the UFC before, a, unlike a great his point. opponent. A great point. <laughs> I
0: totally agree. That's why I'm so surprised he's on the main card.
1: And at least he's gone against names. Even the guy that submitted Abrahimov, uh, I think would. Uh, I think Jean Valente beats that guy. <laughs> right.
0: The interesting thing with Agrabimov here is he's coming in on about a week's notice. Initially, it was Antigulov who was fighting Ed Herman. So the young man, I mean, essentially stepping in on about a week and a half. Being a decided minus two hundred favorite, do you, hmm. does that play for or against him?
1: I think it's totally against. I him. I think
0: it's against him too. Honestly, I got Herman
1: decision. Herman decision. You're making me feel better about Herman. Decision. Uh, hey, I'm just <laughs>
0: telling you what I know. So you're just
1: trying to lead me wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Moving on to one hundred and seventy pounds, we have Shamil Imadaev coming in against Danny Roberts. Roberts coming in with a sixteen and five record off of Julia Roberts' five, brother. Linstring. That is on his sister side. Yeah, but yeah. That's right. Danny Roberts, hot chocolate, coming in with a two-fight winning streak. Last lose or losing streak. Last losing to Pereira. Last losing to Claudio Silva in a weirdest submission you could ever think of. Um, then beating Zawada in a split decision and losing to Taleb head kick. Roberts is one of these guys who has had chin issues. We've said it for a very long time. And five months ago, he was. Knocked out decisively by one of the biggest favorites to just get beat by Christian Connelly in Michelle Pereira. It's It was specifically a stylistic nightmare for him because Roberts can't deal well with guys with power. Uh, Roberts, even though he's a striker, his wrestling has gotten way more on point. He's actually shooting great takedowns, has great sprawls, takedown defenses, and a good striker. The biggest thing with Danny Roberts has always been in the third round he fades hard and his chin always has been sketchy. Against Mike Perry, the fight that he lost, that he easily won three rounds until the last five seconds. Roberts is easily winning the round, and the ten, the clacker sounds, and Perry just swings, and Roberts is literally diving for his life because he's getting hurt so bad. He just kind of gets hit, gets on wobbly legs, and then he has to hold on. And against Imadaev, he's going to be able to hurt him, and when Roberts just kind of desperately shoots in on the legs to wrestle, Imadaev will be able to get full mount on him and just keep landing that ground and pound stylistically eight and one only losing his debut to max griffin which max griffin is a tough fight way tougher fight than people think And they're
1: way tougher fight than way Roberts.
0: tougher fight Imadaev went to a majority decision loss and uh put in a good showing i think Imadayev has all the tools here they are in russia I actually think that this is going to be a TKO round number 3 just because of the output just because of the lack of gas tank for Roberts. This is do or die. It's been this way a few times for Roberts. What I hate more than anything is that it's a two fight losing streak and uh Silva hurt Danny Roberts really badly and Pereira did as well where when Pereira hit Roberts, you could see Roberts go, "Oh, he hit me." and not even try to recover. He was just like, "Oh, fetal position." fights over. So, I feel like Roberts is starting to realize that he doesn't like he's just like all right, I know when I'm done. And I think that's a bad lesson for fighters to learn. And I kind of feel like Roberts accepts that to an extent. So, give me TKO round number 3, Imadiev. Who do you have and why? Uh
1: for all the same reasons I have him a die he's actually my linchpin here. I have him to finish round number two, maybe even one, but I think it's going to be a nasty elbow right into Danny Roberts' face. And like you say, I don't know if it knocks him out cold. I don't think it's a KO. I think it's a TKO because Danny Roberts got some quit in him. He got I a little agree. bit of that quit in I him. I
0: agree, unfortunately. Even
1: cardio-wise. I see him quit with cardio. I see him quit with submissions. I've seen him, like, he just seems, he just, something's.
0: Five sp- months ago, he was stuck. And we usually like about a year before. And brutally stopped. Brutally stopped. Like minute. it'll
1: be on highlight reels forever kind of stopped. Like it made everybody uh, think that uh, Pereira, Pereira was, was going to be this hot flash. About That's all it was, was a hot flash.
0: <laughs> that is exactly what it was. Imadiah of KO round two. So on DraftKings, you're going to end up paying for the minus 225 favorite, Zalim Imadiah of 8,800 against Danny Roberts, plus 175, five seven thousand four. Hundred, I don't see myself putting Roberts anywhere. And under no, 9,000 no. for Emidaev, I agree with what you're saying. He's on that almost linchpin level because mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to end up probably showing out. And it's that fade on the chin, right? Because that's ideally what we're um, saying. And
1: ring and, IQ, and, gas and quit and gas tank. It's like right. Danny Roberts is a whole bunch of things. That, Fades
0: for a reason, yeah. but it's a fade more Danny yeah. Roberts. Yes,
1: yes. Totally. It doesn't make it. Yeah, I'm not super high on Imedayev. Just for no reason, it's more of a fade on Danny than high on Imedayev. But a little high on Imedayev. Agreed. It's like skunk. Like little. Uh, little th- high. There's a little, little high. bit left. Um, I'm gonna say real quick. Um. Welcome, all the new YouTube listeners. Whoop, whoop. Like, that's, uh, we've, you know, we're usually such an audio heavy podcast, and I know there's a lot of people re finding us right now because they lost stream. Um, and I can't say it enough. If you know someone that used to listen or still listens, make sure they reconnect their stream because we're still on all those platforms, but they might be on an old Lat B stream, they might be on a Lesbo and the Bean stream. They might be on so old, and okay. now they just need to redo their stream. But uh, YouTube, I think the TV and taking a little bit of more time, and maybe us being a little more animated or what have you. But um, yeah, we're getting our little subscribers up. Get on that clean
0: stream, if you know what I mean.
1: Clean strength.
0: So make sure you're liking and subscribing, and if your friends don't know, maybe you let them know. Maybe you let them know. Maybe Do that first. Tell
1: problem. somebody.
0: So thanks for the support out there. We have been seeing it online. It's all coming to fruition. It's getting better. We're all moving forward towards a better one that might be better for a co-main event. At heavyweight, 265 pounds, we have returning Alexander Volkov coming in against short notice replacement Greg Hardy in Hailgate 2019 only a few months ago. Did Hardy, a few months ago, a few weeks ago, did Greg Hardy win. Two weeks ago against Ben Sasoli, which was overturned to a no contest because the commission doesn't know what the hell they're doing. So, it was bad on them. But prior to that, he had a two-fight winning streak, losing only to Alan Crowder ever with a 5-1 record. Greg Hardy's been an American top team. He showed in that Sasoli fight. Which I think is really good and well in telling is that he can go three rounds, even though he used an inhaler. I think Agreed. He, Agreed. he could have gone without the inhaler and still won that yeah. fight. But it's just. Stupid. If you were my
1: corner and you asked the commission and they said, yeah, she could use it, why wouldn't you give it to me?
0: And it, it's the commission's fault yeah. and they shouldn't have retroactively
1: I taken it totally away. Agree. They
0: just make a rule next time. Uh, again, it's the commission's fault, not these fighters, because it's their job to try all the boundaries. It's your job to know the fucking rules. Agreed. So. With Greg Hardy, uh, he showed he can go a solid three. Didn't take any damage against the combat wombat in there. Showing that distance striking. Not too many takedowns. What I really liked is that he didn't gas out. This is going to be a three-rounder. Vokolev was training for a five. Vokalev is coming off of a, one of the biggest finishes against him in his life where he set a record for most strikes landed in a loss ever. Ever. He was 30-26-ing. Derek Lewis and I feel like in that breakdown that we had back in the day, I remember saying Derek Lewis has this type of power. I'm picking Volkliev he's better, but worry about that power. And he threw a intercepting knee with 10 seconds left, and the Black Beast just landed that right. But don't get it twisted, Volkliev is still one of the best heavyweight. Volkov, sorry, is still one of the best strikers at heavyweight in the game in general. He's been around for a very very long time. Great jab. At distance um, has better kicks better kicks everywhere he's just a better all the way fighter we don't have to worry about the ground game much at all I think if there's any fighter that actually shoots a takedown it's probably Greg Hardy but I think he shoots it because he starts getting picked apart by Volkov cuz he keeps eating shots keeps getting eating these intercepting knees Um, I want to pick Greg Hardy honestly Because I feel like if Derek Lewis can knock you out, Greg Hardy can as well. But I feel like Volkov learns from that last one, realizes that he needs to just stay at distance. And by far the better MMA fighter here is Volkov. Is Volkov. Give me a decision, Volkov, here. I don't know even why I want to pick Greg Hardy. I hate him. Same. But I I feel like... He has that knockout potential. And doesn't and the energy feel think.
1: off with this? Yes. Doesn't it feel like never do we see a fighter that's 99% of the people pick it. Something always goes amiss. Wrong. I there's, there's something it's off with up, this. I don't yeah. like that Greg Hardy wanted this fight. I don't like that he wanted it on short notice. I feel like he saw something in the way. Yes. Something's up with this fight. And I have, I shouldn't, right when they said it was happening, I'm like, finally, a real fight for Greg Hardy. Volkov picks him apart everywhere. He Easy, easy decision, maybe even a knockout. Can't wait to watch this motherfucker get hurt. And then the more I sat on it, I'm like, something's off with this. Greg Hardy's a crazy, regardless of how you feel about him, crazy killer athlete. Yep. I think he is actually probably, if you looked at his trajectory on a like... Uh, written out on paper he his is steeper than anybody else's he's getting so much better every fight what we're seeing him put together he had leg kicks last time we're seeing him trying takedowns he's putting together better, better combos I just think if he can keep that power, then Volkov can get knocked out. I don't know who who was Volkov. He was training for J. Everything even about the fight he was training for, he should be ready for this. Because Dos Santos had some of the, maybe the best boxing in the 260. Maybe heavyweight division are up there. Top three right. boxers in the heavyweight. So you got to think Volkov was ready for this. I don't like the weirdness of Greg Hardy saying that he wanted this fight. He's never going to win a decision. It's a knockout only. I have a Greg Hardy. Because of the three-round fight, I'm going to put... I think a round one knockout. Fuck. I what know, a weird I fucking want, thing. It I makes me irritated. I want to flip this table.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. And I've been going back and forth. It's and a
1: Volkov decision clean. 30-26, 30-27. Right? Or Greg Hardy clips him in the... In, and it's so anyway.
0: um, Yeah, it's a uh, Derrick Lewis or an Anderson. I
1: don't even like how active we've seen Greg Hardy. He's had five fights in the time since we've seen Volkov Look, last you inning. You
0: don't like the activeness for Volkov. You like it for Hardy. You, yeah,
1: I, yeah, totally, but I don't like how active I, I feel agree. like Greg Hardy's probably taking more fights than most fighters in the UFC this year against a guy we haven't seen in a year that's nerve-wracking but
0: dude. with that we usually like guys off of knockouts to, to take, take that
1: kind of time
0: off which I really like as well but he did have an injury because he Volkov was going to come back in April and he ended up taking another eight months off after that I, I didn't would you have JDS
1: or Volkov JDS. I had JDS too. I just I don't know why Volkov like the Stefan Struve beats. I'm just like, like okay. Doesn't JDS
0: work with top team and has for a while?
1: Yeah. And who
0: is Greg Hardy? Just I'm just oh, saying. Oh, so you the are camp, so right. So the camp is like, oh, we got another heavyweight because we God understand God. a one two is what lands on this motherfucker on this big ass Russian motherfucker. Yeah, I'm
1: gonna go with Greg Hardy. I, right well, I, I got I, Greg Hardy I, right
0: now. What I'm gonna round do, one,
1: I could switch it around to round two. God.
0: On DraftKings, you're going to pay for the minus 280, almost 3-1 to favorite Volkov, 9,200 against Greg Hardy, 7,000 plus 220. I'm actually going to go 20% Greg Hardy, 10% Volkov. Greg Hardy's the play here as far as DraftKings. Volkov has to finish to pay off 9000 no And my way common This could
1: 100% w- uh, be happen hardy. before game time where I usually switch to Volkov and I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Sure. But I just, something's off with the energy on this one, you guys. I, I don't know how to, we it's like, to watch like Spidey senses or something. Like something is just telling me there's going to be a lot of pissed off Russians after, and Greg Hardy's going to do some nasty shit afterward. He's going to say stuff on the mic. We hate Everything's going to be, we're going to hate him even that much more. Um, Yeah, weird. Weird. Weird.
0: It is a very weird fight. I'm gonna have exposure to both guys. More on Hardy because he's gonna allow me to play so many other. Anyone? Spots here. I don't see
1: him getting finished. That's another weird thing too. He's going against a guy like Volkov, and I don't see him getting and it, finished. So
0: he'll, it'll be a decision. He'll maybe get thirty, forty, sixty points, and Volkov.
1: I would have has Greg to Hardy to beat Stefan Struve.
0: Oh, e- that's an easy one. Though. And for that's Doom
1: an was literally his last fight before he retired or before he was let go
0: was it no i think he retired on his own i'm not 100% Something sure yeah. so it's Something just
1: like, like ah, ah!
0: so very very interesting co-main event it's definitely I got love it. hesitation it's a good all fight. over it as far as DraftKings overall, you said it a bit earlier. I think it's so spot on. After that big pay-per-view, a bunch of money we spent on that. I think this one, DK-wise, I am going to take a step back a little bit. I'm going to play, but it's not going to be my heaviest duty of cards. I'm going to probably go with, like, 20 lineups at the most in there. But it's just one to sit back, watch, wait for another pay-per-view that we got enough. Maybe just month.
1: have fun with parlays, like putting weird parlays together with Greg Hardy or weird parlays together. All Boston, with, no Boston? Uh, yeah, all Boston, no Boston, or even with, if you... You take the Puesta and mix it in with things. I think um, taking the Puesta and mixing it with Greg Hardy probably gets you a plus 500. Uh, I don't know. I think there's fun stuff to do with it. Maybe not DraftKings.
0: It's going to be an interesting card. A tough one to read all the way around, which is usually good because... It means that they're fun fights. It means they're close. I know all the what way a perfect
1: around. main event for that kind of card.
0: What a close one at featherweight, 145 pounds. It was rescheduled from Boston all the way to Russia. It was moved up from Volkov Hardy. They're like, "Fuck you, Hardy. We don't need you, Hardy. We're gonna take Zabit, the Beast, Zabist in there against Calvin Kater. or Qatar. How do they pronounce it?
1: I like. I liked it when if you say. It, it, it's separate, it's Qatar, but Calvin Cater sounds better together than Calvin Qatar. So I so I, I have no answer for you, is what I'm saying. Cater
0: being 20-3, and three, coming off of a two-fight winning streak, knocking out Ricardo Lamas in a knockout of the year, also finishing Shane Burgos in there via TKO, only losing to, who did he lose in there, Moicano in a decision where he got pieced apart, beating Andre Feely. Uh, Qatar comes in with great boxing, great Gas tank, D1 wrestling, if not Jutko level, but shown his takedown defense has definitely been on point in the UFC. He The trouble we had with him for a little while, Qatar, was that he was a manager and owning his own gym. Since his two-fight winning streak, he's no lot He hasn't been a manager, and he went to a different camp because he realized, like, hey... Fighting in the UFC, I need to really focus on just this. And that's been a good step for him. He's definitely honing in his skills. His boxing is just so crisp. Burgos, I mean, he pieced up Burgos, and Burgos is crisp in there. That should just tell you the level of Qatar, where he's at. Um, I think a lot of people, look at that Ricardo Lamas fight, who isn't a walkthrough. He walked through them pretty quickly, and their Qatar lands with power. And this fight has some interesting traps set up in it. Zabit, the doggy fighter, coming in with a 17-1 record, only lost a decision ever. Last beating, Jeremy Stevens, Beating Kyle Bochniak. Beating, um, who else in there? Brandon Davis, Soliev, Stretch, Sergio Marias. Zabit has been somebody that people have been ducking. Yair will not fight him anywhere. No matter where you are, Yair has definitely been ducking this fighter for a long time. Um, Zabit comes in with all that spinning shit. He kicks to the body, spins to the body with both ways. He's coming out of that doggy, monk style of training that Molly Wap did a great piece on. I mean, he can go three rounds, but I've seen him when I went back and watched tape. Zubby's worst round is his third round. And in that Bochniak fight, you can see, why do you think Bochniak yelled at his face, hands down, and was like, hit me, because he's like, oh, Zabi gas now. The beat point fights his third rounds. It's the ones he takes off. He likes to win the first two, take off the third round, and here's a beat. Uh, the beast can choose, can't choose the where he wants to. That's the thing he usually has. He's usually the better striker, and if he ever wants to get it to the ground, he can usually get it there. I feel like Atar's wrestling is by far better, not better but good enough to keep it where he wants it. He has great take down the fence, so I feel like the ground game is going to be nullified, and this turns into a doggy striker versus more of an American boxer. And I think Qatar's kicks play a role into here, but his crisp down-the-pipe striking actually, I think, hurt the beast a bit more, and I think he starts to get a little uh, gun-shy in there and loses 29-28. This is a three-rounder. Should have been five, but both of these guys said they couldn't. UFC was like, okay, we'll allow it to be three. I actually this plays, think this plays better for Zabist because he does tend to gas in that third round where I feel like Qatar has proven that he can go a solid three and it just looks like he's more on point to go four with his style. Zabist, that spinning stuff is cool, but it wears on you. It does wear on you, and uh, I think Qatar can... Give up that first round, win the next two, if not potentially finish later in the fights. I think Qatar's hands hurt him more than people think. Gimme Calvin Qatar in a decision. Wow. Big underdog. A lot of people don't see this coming. I think Qatar dictates where this fight goes, and I think he's a better striker, specifically boxer, but the more kicks go to Zabiš. But the more power goes to Qatar, and I think that eventually that makes The Beast very gun-shy in there. And I don't think The Beast even knocks him out because he doesn't have knockout power. He more overwhelms you. So, give me a humongous underdog plus 235 in the main event. Who do you have and why?
1: Do you think that beast looks like the hormone monster?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit, but it could be my hormones talking to me.
1: (laughs) They got you going. They got you going. Did mine all just erase? Did I just shut this and they all erase? I was going to be so upset. I like everything you're saying. No one should sleep on Qatar at all. The one thing that I don't like is Moicano was kind of a hype train that I never got on. And then now it's played out. And I'm like, okay, not that anything's wrong with Moicano; He's still a hot young prospect and everything. But a guy that long seems to get inside on Qatar. Uh, Zabit is a guy that long. And uh, Qatar does have great wrestling, but I don't think it's nearly as good as Zabit's, and I think the reason that you're seeing a third round takeoff, that third round which he wins, by the way, every time, and that's him taking off, is just that the output's not 100 strikes in each round. He, t- he does 50 because he knows he won that much. Uh, I just think Zabi isn't a finisher, but he is a decision fighter and tends to win 30-27, and I kind of have it going that way this time as well. I do think he's the real deal um it's a it's only the three round fight it would have played for me for calvin cater if it was five rounds i would have been more likely to have him kind of exactly um like jeremy stevens with yair like that would have been smarter for so since this has changed um or since it isn't changed and it's still three rounds i'm going to stay with my original pick on this and i'm going to go with Zabid. i think he's the real deal I think he is a hype train you can jump on, and I I think don't sleep on Calvin Katara in the future just because it's this. I do think he's going to make him pay. I think Zabit's going to get hit, uh, hurt more than we've ever seen him get hurt. Um, but I think Calvin. Qatar, Calvin Cater's uh, boxing, it's got to be on point with Jeremy Stevens, and I don't think its power is as much as Jeremy Stevens. So I think he's going to have the power a little longer in the fight, but it's never going to be quite uh, the power discrepancy between Steven and Zabit that we saw. So give me Zabit by decision along with everybody else.
0: Other than me at Zoltanite at Weakneck, baby. You know you can be following us at Latbeat underscore F-M-A. It's been heavy duty. Thank (laughs) you you for showing us. (laughs) uh, Throwing it out there. It was heavy duty. This was a long one. This was a fun one. It's going to be a fun morning in Moscow. I'm going to have a little Moscow mule ready. That's what I
1: think. We drink Moscow mules that we have our coffee and then uh, noon Moscow mules. And I think if we tell the girls, they'll be way down with that.
0: Sounds like a Monster plan.
1: mules at noon, everyone. We'll watch as I beat, beat that guitar ass. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say about that.
0: Let me...